Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross, and you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs Dispatch, the uh, the monthly Q and A listener response topic episode. Yeah, we're going to uh, answer your questions. We're going to talk about a topic. We're going to read your thoughts about uh, the August games. What with your Sam's and Max's, your Paradise Killers, and Chrono Triggers, and then reveal what we're talking about in October. Uh, Gary, mm-hmm. I would like to welcome somebody new to the organization. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have hired Ira Glass to be our producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any editing mistakes that we have, it's due to that little fuck. Yeah. No, I, yeah. No, I, I got a new cat. You got a new cat. Uh, a new cat. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the world. Uh, Jessica, only child, Illinois, Chicago. The uh, the baby uh, mm-hmm. kitten who is comically small. She's about the size of an Nalgene water bottle. <laughs> and uh, is just incredibly sweet and... Like a show cat, like mm. a therapy cat. Nice. Um, yeah. She yeah. she has not met you and she already loves you. Yeah. She is just full of love and gratitude. Oh. Um, yeah. It's mm. uh, I'm really excited to to have her around. Pocket is kind of adjusting. Uh, mm-hmm. They kind of vibe together sometimes. We'll just sit and stare at each other. That's good. And they want to check each other out, but they haven't like synced up. Like right. where one wants to be checked out. Mm. You know? Yeah. Uh, but for the, I got her, I brought her home on Friday, we're recording this on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, and Pocket last night jumped into bed and, like, gave me my customary, like, licks and snuggles mm-hmm. for the first time since Friday. So he's uh-huh. he's getting back to, to speed. That's good. That's good. Yeah. He's right, right now he's crawling into uh, my recycling. Mm, fun. So that that's less good. <laughs> um, but the, uh, <laughs> the, the first part was good. Oh, you, you mix polyethylene <laughs> with polyurethane. <laughs> She's, she's trying. Yeah, you can't throw away caps. Actually, you can. You can recycle caps. You can. You can. Yeah. You can. You can. Um, he can hit at that yeah. price point. You can recycle caps. At the the the, uh, the I I pay for recycling premium. The uh, it comes with a minor carbon offset. Mm. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So Jessica, you will not hear her on the podcast, but you will hear a Pocket yelling at her. Okay, because she has immediately taken over his cat tree, right? Right. He's just like girl bossing from the top. Yeah, yeah. That's Um, that's that's what uh, that's that's what Donnie did to Greta. So, mm -hmm. it's just the just the way that it works. Do you, uh, as a girl cat owner, uh, Mm -hmm. are their nipples uh, also kind of unnervingly like kind of pointy? Have you had that experience? Because uh, I expect only, them to be softer than they are, but they're kind of like thorns. Only, only on, only on Greta, I think, because she went through her first heat. Whereas Dottie has, Dottie, we we scooped her out before that happened. So, gotcha. Yeah, I think because because your new kitty was a mama, I think that might be uh that might be a thing. Wow. As I mean, like it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's it's nowhere near <laughs> it's, it's nowhere near as upsetting as uh, Chris's pit bull 
uh lilith she's got she's got big old teats hanging out yeah that's it's that's very fun <laughs> animal udders are like no good i better than animal dicks like the, in in terms of like animal parts i want to see there is like a yes. there's a hierarchy <laughs> you know um but yeah the the uh, that's been real weird every time i pick her off it's mm-hmm. like uh there's like traction almost it's like she's a, a nerf ball yeah yeah like made for better grip with the, those, those little titties so you get a good spiral uh, yeah yeah you get a, good, <laughs> get a perfect spiral when i throw her into her cat like a cat carrier <laughs> um but uh good good to know that it's a it's a mom related nipple yeah. pointiness i i, I, I so imagine distracting. i imagine and if i'm wrong don't correct me mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll say that yeah I'll, I'll trust but verify uh, when it comes to this. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's get into this. We have a billion responses to read. So we, we, we do this first this a half. Yeah. Uh, fast. Let's do. Uh, I'll start here with a comment. This is uh, this is just funny. I always like when our editing gets someone. Uh, Joseph mm-hmm. wrote in saying, so I have a sleep mask that has built in Bluetooth headphones. And most nights I fall asleep listening to random WAF episodes. And on this fateful night, I fell asleep listening to the Silent Hill 3 episode. Great episode, by the way. Thank you. And I awoke in the middle of the night with the sound of a loud phone ringing in my ears. My headphones were on full blast and some dude with a creepy voice singing happy birthday over the phone. Uh, took me a good minute to realize lines that i was listening to your podcast uh and when i tell you i about pissed myself because i literally thought some random dude got my phone number and decided to call me and sing happy birthday to me my birthday is the 16th of this month happy birthday at two or three o'clock then i heard gary and cole's angelic voices and realized i was listening to the podcast all that being said congratulations on spooking me love the show and thanks for all of the hard work you guys do to get these episodes out i am very I'm not sorry, because sorry implies that I wouldn't do it again. That is a very funny story. (laughs) Uh, What Cole means to say is take that, motherfucker, (laughs) Uh, is what he's trying to say. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So uh, take that. Uh, (laughs) And thank you. Yeah. Uh, Matt uh, says, "Um, I thought about writing in this question for the Demon Souls remake uh, episodes of Bonfire Side Chat, but I thought this was a good general question with the PS5. I noticed that on the PS5, uh, games are using the controller speaker to signal things to add a little bit of depth. For example, in Demon Souls, when you walk or roll through barrels, chairs, or other junk, the crumbling, smashing sounds come from the controller. It's kind of a weird choice, but I noticed it adds some three-dimensionality uh, since the sound comes from below you, just like in the real world. Just like kicking a chair to pieces would also come from uh, below the little Demon Souls guy. I also noticed that in Returnal, when you alt, when your alt-fire cooldown is done, it plays a unique and sort of loud tone from the controller as a way to tell you that's ready to fire again. In a game like this, where there's a lot going on at all times, hearing this tone is somewhat helpful to my play, but not life-changing. The last thing to note are the cards at the to- uh, pop-up menu. These have been real hit or miss, but in Demon Souls, it will show you tips on the area you're in or the boss you're going to fight. Having tips built right into the console, especially for a Souls game, seems a little antithetical, but I still use it... Uh, used it now now and then to see if you're just missing a concept from an area or something similar anyway i would like to hear your thoughts peace and love yeah um yes i i i, <laughs> I don't uh it's 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 good i i don't think the the ps5 gets like a lot of credit for this being new but this is a wii thing i think to me. yeah yeah that's the one that i remember uh and even even yeah. before that like uh dreamcast vmus could be made to chirp uh while they were yeah. plugged in yeah 
it just didn't happen as much on the VMU, mm-hmm. I think, because it was it was optional. Yeah, you know. But I, I distinctly remember like using you know the the controller, the Wii controller, as like a phone mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I appreciate this kind of stuff. It's not mm-hmm. mind blowing or anything. It's fine. Yeah, I think the examples that you give are good um, when it is nice and uh useful but not obstructive you know getting the uh getting the cooldown alert i think is like the best uh the 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 best possible choice like where it gets Mm -hmm. a little bit annoying is like in the oh man in the ps4 remake of grand theft auto 5 like uh, they Mm -hmm. they made it so like by default uh, your your cell phone audio uh, came out of the ps4 controller which no Mm -hmm. i kind of want to hear hear what's being said because important stuff gets conveyed you know Mm -hmm. so I, I like it as a nice uh, as a nice little uh, grace note, as opposed to like a direct, you know, and sole way of getting communication across. Yeah, yeah, uh, I yeah, I just it's just very hard for me to feel too strongly about it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, yeah. And then the the tips don't really bother me too much because I just you know I I never pay attention <laughs> to console UI. I hate console UI. I I, um, I just assume that it's ads and I don't look at it. I unfocus my eyes. Yeah. Uh, like ever it. since my Xbox 360 was brought to me by Doritos on accident, <laughs> like it's like I own this, but every time I turn it on, I get a Super mm-hmm. Bowl Dorito commercial. Yeah, I like, I, I not only great. own this, I send the money each month so I can play online. You know, it's kind of like the indignity of subscribing to cable. I pay all this money yes. and then I'll, and then also have to watch ads. It's like no, yes. fuck you. So I I cannot imagine in a million years like paying attention to a console UI. Yes. Uh, like on, I was recently playing my PS5 for the first time since I booted in the house, mm-hmm. and it had a little tab. When I opened it, it was like, "Have you heard of roguelikes?" And I'm like, "Man, <laughs> you, you, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, who is this for? Who who's like turning on the turn about video games? The the, you know? kid, the kids call them auto battlers. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the, the uh, video games. They're not just for kids anymore. <laughs> Pac Man has grown up." now he's in a retirement home and his memory is going it's real sad but it'll happen to you one day it's quite sad but it'll happen to you and everyone you love if they're lucky that's the win condition best best case scenario this is this has been sony (laughs) and hush um Uh, (laughs) wade writes uh also related to novelty here wade writes in the epic suffering episode for boktai the sun is in your hand gary disparaged games that focus or evolve around input or external novelty cole countered by pointing out uh games such as warioware where engaging with novel inputs and control methods is the central conceit are there are there some other examples of that kind of novelty in games that work for you or almost work uh or examples of when it's absolutely nefarious uh if not specific examples uh maybe general traits of successful or unsuccessful novelty so yeah uh yeah. No- novelty in games um i would say that uh not uh, in control yeah methods. not like not novelty and control i would say like the nefarious examples were anything uh uh published between 2007 and 2012 or so yeah <laughs> this is the worst the worst period for it well and also like the big difference between like boktai and warioware like warioware was a game before they started doing the, the yeah the, twi- the twisted specifically is what i was referring to in that episode yeah yeah like they they, they you can you can do WarioWare without it. Mm-hmm. Boktai was just a shitty game with nothing to really suggest that other you know 
or to, to recommend it other mm -hmm. than that. Like, I don't yeah. know what the, the appeal was going to be mm -hmm. outside of that. So it can definitely be a thing that like can be better or worse. Yeah. You know, I think, but like, if you go back to like, uh, you know, things like waggling to, uh, to jump, mm -hmm. you know, or, or do the little bonus jump in Mario galaxy, like things like that, that are just not very additive. Yeah. You know, it was more what I was kind of complaining about not when, you know, not your your Kirby's golf or whatever. Yeah. And if you want to see like what a crater this can blast uh, in a in a game and this game has a lot of other problems, but like go back like on Twitter to when the uh, Skyward Sword remake was released, um, you know, and notice how many people are like, wow, like no way of controlling this works, actually. <laughs> You know, yeah. You know, and well, it's which, it's a fucking horrible game. Well, it's a it's a very it's a very bad <laughs> game, and, but like the 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 motion controls are only like one part of that, and that's all anybody talked about was the motion control problems with it. And uh, and now that those are even yeah. now that those are addressed, it's still kind of like oh yeah yeah oh like, no, but but like people were even saying like oh because everything because everything depends on which direction you you, you slash your sword and also because that takes primacy over camera control which wasn't even which wasn't even the in the original what you end up with is like needing to hold down a button to free look and like like neither you know the the, the what came down from people that I saw who were trying to force themselves to play this game because it was Zelda uh literally mm -hmm. just a flashback to 10 years ago was that neither of these schemes actually worked and so what you end up having is a product that has been compromised and compromised and compromised and you know you know even before you get to like the severe pacing problems that that game has right yeah yeah you know all yeah. all kind of on the altar of first adding in these mo novelty motion controls uh and then trying to fix the problem that you uh yeah, like not that catch you, them out yeah yeah you know, oh well 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 if isn't the consequences of an action <laughs> the uh, one that I think is successful, uh, <laughs> and I was just thinking about this game because I was thinking about the weirdly limited Wii library. Yeah, uh, yeah. Recently, you know, just like uh, talking to Will about it, and just like, yeah, what a weird fucking software library that was. But uh, I have a lot of affection for the Boomblocks games. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, those used, you know, you use the Wii mote like you were throwing. Yeah. One of the Boomblocks, uh, mm -hmm. and that worked really well. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a good one where the novelty actually worked. Like you were mimicking what you would be doing. Yeah. The pace wasn't so horrendous, you know, where you were going to get really tired, like no more heroes. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that 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 is a good example of that. It was like the, a nice balance between puzzle and finesse, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, it did not require like the uh, a lot of precision. Mm -hmm. You know that the the Wiimote couldn't do. Yeah. I you know ultimately I think that this uh, this is going to thrive the most in um, arcade settings honestly mm. you know mm -hmm. get, you, you you get your paperboy uh, your paperboy cabinet stuff like that yeah all those things are good yes like a basic, like a novelty arcade cabinet mm -hmm. is such smaller of an investment mm -hmm. for you, you. Know that like I will one hundred percent just throw a dollar in it yeah yeah. As opposed to, you know, the 50 or $60 for the game itself and then whatever, whatever in addition for the, uh, uh, for, for the controller. A peripheral. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Craig uh, says, hey guys, I've heard both Gary and Cole uh, talk in the past about not having a lot of enjoyment for multiplayer competitive games. Apart from the obvious uh, in that it would really limit the show's output, what experience have you both uh, have both pushed you away from playing games uh, this way? And conversely, what limited experiences have you enjoyed? Has Cole ever farmed the jungle in League of Legends? And how <laughs> is Gary's <laughs> Zerg Rush? Uh, much love from Scotland. Thanks, yeah. Craig. Uh, I, pl- I have played... And had fun competitively. Mm-hmm. Uh, Team Fortress 2, when I was young. Um, a little bit of Magic the Gathering Arena uh, and had fun playing mm-hmm. against people. A little bit of Left 4 Dead, even though I prefer to not play with people. Those have been my positive experiences Yeah, uh, with that. Uh, StarCraft, when I, I love StarCraft. When I tried to play that competitively, that was something that pushed me pretty far away. Because uh, it's an entirely different game. Yeah. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, so Starcrafts was pretty disillusioning for me uh, because, you know, by the time that I got there, even when I was playing with friends like people I knew, the meta had devolved down to big game hunters. No rush 15 pr- pretty much. Yep. Was just that that that's yep. that that that's what it was. It had, it had, you know, completely devolved to the final destination. No items uh, kind of deal. And, you know. No matter what, you know, uh, the best strategies were were found to rush toward battle cruisers or whatever. Like it just got mm-hmm. got completely de- completely degenerate. I've had good experiences playing multiplayer games, either competitively or cooperatively. Like Team Fortress Classic, I was in a clan for that for a few years um, back mm-hmm. in like middle school, high school. Um, I was in uh, ever an EverQuest guild. That's not necessarily competitive, but that was you know playing. Uh, you know, alongside a bunch of other people. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say that just uh, those kind of just real uh, calcified metas and uh, I just, I don't, I don't know the, 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 the commitment that it takes to stay competitive. Those both kind of push me away. Yeah. Like co- cooperative multiplayer games are great. I play yeah. those all the time. Mm-hmm. That's one of my preferred ways to play. Um, I just don't have any interest in beating strangers at things. Like I mm-hmm. understand um, the challenge, you know, the challenge that a game designer comes up with will never be the same as like just another human mind actively mm-hmm. adapting yeah. to what I'm doing. Um, I don't play games for challenge in that proportion. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I'm not that interested in, in proving anything like in a game. I'm not, I know there are other reasons to do it, but I just don't get the feel good, mm-hmm. uh, things. Uh, this is, uh, I st- saved this, uh, this screenshot I saw. Uh, that relates to this. Uh, the main thing that puts me off of playing chess is that there are 2,000 years of gameplay that hundreds of people with higher IQs than me have spent thousands of hours studying the history of, so much so that when I put a pawn forward, they say, ah, I see you're going for the Bulgarian somersault. And then I try to take their bishop with my knight, and they go, ah, rookie mistake. You played the Frenchman's cum sock, and in approximately 37 moon- moves, I'll have won. Um, that is the problem with multiplayer video gaming, competitive yes. video gaming. The book. Like, the yeah, book. I do not want you uh, to play the Frenchman's cum sock on accident. <laughs> you don't want you to know? trip over a Frenchman's cum sock. <laughs> not an accident. If so, I want to be at like a very specific amusement park or something. Like, I don't want to do it just like in my daily life. Oh, you fuck. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I think this will be me. Nick uh, mm-hmm. asks, do either of you have any opinions on the Jazz Jackrabbit series by Epic? The same P was to me what Sonic was to Cole. Uh, now in my 30s, I see that it has a fair share of issues, but the OST stands the test of time for me. Uh, literally no experience with Jazz Jackrabbit. 
Un- uh, I yeah, I'm familiar with it. Uh, but I, I've not played it. I want to do it for the show though, because I like that weird time of PC platformers. Yeah, yeah, your uh, your three Vikings and whatnot, Lost yeah, Vikings. Yeah, yeah, Lost yeah. Vikings and Commander Keen and stuff. Yeah, um, those are cool to me. Like they're mm-hmm. weird. Uh, and Jazz Jackrabbit like looks good. It's a good looking game. Yeah, no, in my in my head, Jazz Jackrabbit was one of those uh, '90s uh, platform mascot that, mascots that looks like a pervert uh mm-hmm. you know like a bubsy uh but no actually that's like a cool little design might be neat i don't know yeah yeah um i'm gonna move us on to life questions yeah uh, just because yeah. we have so many responses yes yeah uh jorge uh asks uh i'm curious about any instruments or music gear that you guys use and how you like them so instruments brands models effects things like that uh i'll let you go first because you probably have more than me uh, I do, but I don't know the names of them. Oh, okay. So that, that's uh, like I, I know that the, my two favorite keyboards that I use are a Roland Gaia, okay, um, as a kind of an all-purpose synth, and then I also have a SV1 a vintage stage piano from Yamaha, hmm. uh, which I literally is just like, well, what keyboard does Spencer Krug use? And then just bought that. Yeah, of um, uh, Wolf Parade and Sunset Rubdown for people who are yeah. aware. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I have amps. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't tell you more than that. Yeah. And then I, I have a bunch of other uh, keyboards that are kind of miscellaneous keyboards and then miscellaneous instruments. So, like, I have a melodica and I have a, a Omnicord and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I don't, uh, you know, we talked about this before, whether it's, like, computer things or instrument things or anything, I don't like paying attention to uh, models and numbers. Yeah, you're not a gearhead. Yeah. Not a gearhead. Mm-hmm. The information just doesn't stick in my head yeah. as to what they are. My, uh, my, my primary instruments. So I have, um, I've got, uh, two electric guitars. I've got a, uh, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Uh, an Epiphone Les Paul. I've got a, a Squire Stratocaster, which is li- which liter- literally like basically just a Sears model from like t- mm-hmm. 2003 that I bought from somebody in high school for like 50 bucks. <laughs> it's a piece mm-hmm. of shit, but I, I, I'm comfortable playing it. Uh, I have a uh, a Squire Jaguar bass uh, that I uh, that I like playing. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a Vox amp, but I don't know like the model number or something like that. It's just a small little, um, I think like twenty thirty watt tube amp that has uh, that has some effects built in. Most mm-hmm. of the time when I'm playing guitar, I do it uh, straight into my computer, uh, like into the audio interface that I have, and do effects and logic and stuff like that while I'm practicing. Um, in addition to that, I've got like a Fender electroacoustic, uh, guitar, uh, that I mostly just, uh, play in my living room, uh, out there for other stuff. Mm-hmm. I have a Nova, uh, Novation circuit, like a little groove box kind of thing, uh, that I like fucking around with. That thing's really neat. Little synth drum machine. Um, mm-hmm. and I have been trying to learn keyboard on the, uh, the Raleigh Lumi. Um, I've got two, mm-hmm. of, two, two, two of those, uh, that, uh, snap together. Uh, with magnets mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. they're like mm-hmm. neat little toys. Yeah. No, no. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that is, that is satisfying. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Other life stuff. Uh, Brian says, if you guys woke up tomorrow as swole ass hunks, uh, what would you do? <laughs> I would go to mm-hmm. the doctor. Uh, 
Uh, is there is, is there any part of the hunk lifestyle uh, that you wish you could participate in? Uh, would you be a smart hunk? Uh, would you let loose and be a dumb hunk? Himbos are in right now. Thanks for the show. Um, yeah, I, I you know I doubt that I would be that that things would be too terribly different for me. Like if I woke up if I woke up buff, I would probably be ge- ge- generally happier. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, just because your body and your mind are linked and, you know, being, you know, being active and fit is a, is a mood improver kind of thing. But yeah, no, sure. it, it pro- probably wouldn't be, uh, pro- probably wouldn't change my priorities an awful lot. I'm very curious as to what, what lit loose and be a dumb hunk. I don't know like how I'm choosing to do that. Like, <laughs> the idea that you just kind of have to constantly keep your plate spinning or your muscles start sucking your brain power out or something like one moment of lack of vigilance and you just become a himbo. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would do, do anything differently mm-hmm. other than go to the doctor and be scared. Uh, <laughs> my, my life requires shockingly little strength mm-hmm. to participate in. I don't have to be strong. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, have no, like this, not me trying to brag. I have no problem dating with the body I, I own for now. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is, it is not hard for me to, to find people who are interested in what I'm putting down. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd do anything differently. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like vanity. I don't do it. Yeah. I, I know I just said, uh, like, I'm, you know, cleaning up with the ladies, but I, just, I don't, uh, I don't want to be a hunk. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be admired by people who I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know? That is, no. That <laughs> like, is, like the admiration of strangers, drawing attention. Like, yeah, yeah. Who, who? If you're, if you're drawing, like, I just don't. I have contempt for drawing your validation from such a thing. Yes, it's just, and it, it's fine if that's if that's how it works for you. But I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've beaten that out of myself. Yeah. Although know? right now, the way that I'm walking around, I draw attention because people always think that I work wherever I am. Yeah, back when I used to go that, into that, stores, that's, that's, that's your manner, though, dude. I suppose maybe. It, it, I mean, it, it happens to me too. Like, I yeah. like it's it's a manner thing. Like, you can be wearing anything, and people still ask me where to find stuff in Best Buy. Like, <laughs> and, and there's a uniform to that place. Yeah, there is. You know, yeah. yeah. So it, it's just it's just approachability and like <laughs> being quiet and not and being alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, you know, you got to bring buddies places. Yeah, I suppose. Oh my gosh, Douglas asks. Uh, this strikes me as something that you might have a- uh, been asked before, but do you have any songs made up or otherwise that you sing to your cats while milling about? I have a Rottweiler named Lemon, and I can't stop singing the following to her, to the tune of Macho Man, if you speed through the syllables. Lemon berry jam. I like to eat ham, and I like to eat lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I re- realize this is silly, but I don't think I'm alone uh, in loving when you guys talk about your little furry friends. And as someone with a bunch of pets, I would guess you guys probably love talking about them as well. Yeah, um, I uh, will do uh, uh, Greta's a great cat. She is not a hedgehog. She's cat. She's cat. Um, okay. Do that one. Um, and then her name is her name is Dottie. Dottie. She is a striped cat. Yeah. Literally mm-hmm. just as I'm talking to them. Really just a song that describes them or what they're doing to a to a tune of either of those theme songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sonic or uh or flipper. flipper. Yes. That's a real that's a real duality of coal. <laughs> <laughs> kind of set up right there. <laughs> you know? You know? Uh, uh, yeah. Flipper? You know, that ancient <laughs> like, sitcom about the sm- smart dolphin? Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, the uh 
I, yeah, I, I do this a lot. Uh, Jessica obviously, uh, gets the song from her name. Will loves making that joke for some reason. <laughs> it's like so weird because he doesn't, he doesn't like music or listen to music. He, he just is, he constantly is nagging me about the Allman Brothers band. And me, my cat, Jessica. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. If I, if I repeated stuff. <laughs> no, no, you didn't, you didn't know. It's, I don't think he does it on shows. He just does it in real life. It's really weird. <laughs> Um, I don't understand. Like he does it with the cadence of like a burn, and I'm like, it's a pretty good Almond Brothers song. I don't what what are, what are you getting at, buddy? Um, the uh, I've also transferred. Uh, Will has a cat named Cookie, mm. uh, who whenever I uh, hung out with Cookie, I watched Will's cats for a little bit mm-hmm. and stuff. I always sing uh, her name to Candy Girl mm. uh, that song, but I've now done started doing that for Jessica. Yes, yeah. Um, and then Pocket is difficult. Uh, too. Like there are like, here I am pocket, like a hurricane and stuff. Like there are lots of things I can think of. Uh, but in general, um, I will sing just, uh, hot pockets to him. Mm. Like if he is melting, you know, if he's like lying on the ground. Yeah. Um, or I will just, uh, talk to him. So yeah. Yeah. Not as much singing to pocket. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And not because I love him less just because, uh, you know, I just have a different relationship with that boy. Yeah. Same. I definitely, I, I sing to Greta more. But that's just because she is more uh, she's more clingy than uh, than than mm-hmm. Dottie is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, just uh, just I, you know, they're they're, they're little creatures. You, you talk to them; they live in your house. Mm-hmm. It's great. Love it. Uh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Let's on the media questions, Cole. Yeah, Joelle asks. I can't remember y'all talking about much music lately. Uh, do you have any favorite albums of the past year or so? If not, have you been listening? Uh, what have you been listening to in general lately? Boy, um, yeah, I haven't been listening to tons of new music. I've been going back for lots of comfort music. Same uh, because of the you know the last couple of years. Um, a couple of things I have listened to uh, that are new. So uh, on, I think you should leave season two. Mm-hmm. They introduced some new interstitial music, <laughs> uh, including some cool 60s soul stuff from a band called the Triplet Twins. Okay. Uh, which is a great name for a band. Uh, and they do that song that's on the thing where it's like, pretty please with sugar on top. Yeah. Oh, give me yeah. the love you got. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys are great. So I, I've been kind of in like a 60s soul mode. Yeah. Man, uh, there's way bit. worse places to be. Yeah. That, that shit is fucking legit yeah no uh, just I'll, I'll pull up just to like a general like motown playlist on uh on spotify and just let that yes, roll like, yeah motown's fucking incredible yeah and then uh you know that transitions really well into like girl group stuff uh so i'm kind of moving uh in that direction but it's all ancient mm-hmm. um and then in terms of a specific album uh i'll do a quick plug uh andrew got me a vinyl of the month club thing for a few months for christmas Ooh. this year and i got into a band called wells fargo uh, which is an African band okay. uh, that does kind of like 60s garage music. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a record called Watch Out that's fucking incredible. Mm. Uh, and like nobody knows about these dudes. Um, I mean, obviously people know about them because it was a record of the month club, but yeah. I had never heard of Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is real good. Nice. So, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, is it spelled just like the bank? Really? It, it is spelled exactly like the bank. <laughs> I don't know what the story is behind that. Yeah. That's pretty, <laughs> probably like a, they're, they're turned through in like a Jello Biafra kind of thing, maybe. Yeah. 
I maybe it's it's not very subversive feeling. No, okay. Uh, I mean, it's not like most of the songs are about like checking yields and stuff. Okay, it's not like unsubversive in that way. <laughs> Gary, is this just a? Are you just listening to a YouTube playlist of a bunch of Wells Fargo commercials? Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. It's mostly ukuleles and hand claps, and I'm like, "Lust for life." You know, Fuck yeah, <laughs> simpler, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they are. Uh, that that album is great. Yeah, nice. Um, uh, as far as like like new music, haven't listened to a lot of new stuff recently. Uh, the new uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor is really good. Uh, Godspeed at State at State's End uh, is is nice. That came out in like 2021. Uh, I just, I, I've got like network speakers around the house, so it's fun to just fill every room with apocalyptic post-rock, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, as far as like things I've been in on a jag of recently, I recently was reminded that, uh, Hedvig and the Angry Inch is an amazing movie that it had been mm-hmm. forever since I, since I had seen. So that soundtrack has been on, uh, been on spin for, uh, for, for basically two months now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. So the, those mm-hmm. are those are kind of the big ones in addition to all my usual uh bullshit ambient stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Maya asks, uh I'm on a dumb question kick. So can we get a numbered ranking of these motherfuckers? <laughs> 1 Dracula, 2 Frankenstein's monster, 3 The Invisible Man, 5 The Wolfman, or four, the Wolfman, five, the creature of the Black Lagoon, and six, the Mummy. Thanks for all the shows. I moved, and now y'all are my only friends that I can talk to about games and media with. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. So rank those motherfuckers, Cole. Rank those motherfuckers. One obviously is Dracula. Same. Uh, gotta 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 do that. Two is probably gonna be the Mummy. Okay. Mummy. I'm, I'm gonna go along with you just so this doesn't take a million years. Yeah. Uh, so my my number two, I think, is gonna be the Invisible Man. Mmm, that uh, that's sex past, huh? Yeah, that's because <laughs> he's scary. Yeah, I suppose. Okay, he's fucking scary. And and then also, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen does a lot of heavy lifting with like what kind of person that would make. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, let's see. Three would probably be Frankenstein's monster. I like a Frankenstein's monster. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go with you on that one. Yeah, you have to, to pause so I can join you, so we're, this doesn't take a million years. Sorry, you see, sorry. if I don't spend all this time, if I have to explain all the all this time, if I do all this time explaining it, it's gonna take too long. Yeah, Cole. okay, okay. So yeah. if you if you pause in between each thing, just, and let just, me do mine. Just fucking we only have to do things once, and it won't take as long. Interject, okay? No. So what's your yeah. number three then? What's your number three? Oh, also Frankenstein. Like okay. I said. <laughs> <laughs> See, and this is how we save time. This is how we make this question go by quicker. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, My number four would probably be uh, the Invisible Man. Okay. I'm going to put the Creature of the Black Lagoon there. Okay. Uh, Don't know a lot about him, but I like Innsmouth Fish Monsters. Yeah. uh, Five will be my Creature from the Black Lagoon. And five uh, for me is going to be the Mummy. Okay. And that uh, makes my number six obviously the Wolfman. Yeah, uh, I do not care about the Wolfman. Yeah, I don't. The, I don't care for werewolves as stories. I think that like the coolest that they get is either the Wind Through the Keyhole or uh, um, uh, Gabriel Knight Two. Those are the only two real yeah. werewolf stories that I like. So, yeah, Resident Evil Eight. Oh yeah, yeah, I suppose that's really it. Yeah, yeah. with you. <clears throat> Let's see. Cassie writes. 
Hey guys, over quarantine, I've become fascinated by the Postal series, being exposed to the franchise entirely uh, through the videos of extremely good YouTuber Civi11. While I completely understand why most sane and rational people would be actively repulsed by a franchise like Postal, I can't help but find some sort of entertainment value in these games. Ultimately, uh, my question to you guys is this. Uh, do you have any pieces of media that are morally reprehensible at times, uh, but you have the but you think have some good core ideas? I like I don't know if I would say reprehensible, but there's lots of stuff that I like that is, you know, not great. Problematic. Like, I love Jukum 3D. Like and, yep. and that has you offering money to strippers and then blowing them up and making quips about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love those games and I love them for the same reason. I think that I would probably like playing Postal 2 for a little bit, which is just that it emulates mundane real spaces. Mm -hmm. You know, I, li I like walking around an FPS that is shaped like a town. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Um, Grand Theft Auto 5 probably fits into this for me. I think that's a really, really good game. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh you know, it's hard to hard to stand stand behind some of the narrative and world and character decisions they make. Uh, as far as like movies go, uh, I've got a soft spot for falling down. You know, I, I haven't watched it again. That's mm -hmm. the only thing that stops me from saying that. Yeah. Like I liked it as a kid. Yeah. But I don't know if I watch it now. I just be like, <laughs> you know? uh, there, there's so many like there's lots of I love tons of horror and horror is oftentimes. Yeah you know, kind of problematic. And I like lots of, uh, I mean, shit, I like superhero movies. And according to Twitter, all those are, are fascist propaganda that take up all the air in the room. And they're the reason why we don't have art movies anymore. Yeah. It's, you know, so, it's, it's a, it's a CIA op. Yeah. It is totally a zero sum game. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, if one Marvel movie comes out in this year, because black widow came out this year, you guys have been robbed of like seven or eight art movies. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's probably as close as I am. Yeah. Uh, I should check out Civi 11. I like YouTube video essays about video games. Yeah. Um, James asks, uh, Hey guys, like a lot of people, I found it difficult to sit and read physical or digital books over the last year or so. More and more have been getting into audiobooks. Shout out to Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels, which are consistently brilliantly narrated. Do you have any favorite audiobooks you'd recommend? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be boring and just uh, say Midnight and Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. uh, as you know, the thing that kicked off atrocity, Gary, and my, <laughs> uh, you know, my Chernobyl obsession that I've been in for a couple of years, but, uh, that book is compelling and amazing Yeah, and is a really, really great audiobook. Yeah. I've talked about a couple of these before, but, um, democracy and chains is a really good one. If you like nonfiction, uh, kind of like political, uh, history, mm -hmm. uh, the radium girls is uh, really good as well. Uh, if you want to form a, uh, radiation is basically, uh, just, evil magic that we exist alongside if you want that yeah, i listened to a podcast about uh them ladies mm -hmm. it's and, uh, fucked and up like right? bone chilling yeah it's <laughs> like the, the, where the doctor just pulls out part of her jaw mm -hmm. like, like charlie pulling out his teeth yep to think his death you know just like yeah man there's something about your mouth stuff coming out too easily that's really fucking spooky uh-huh <laughs> like yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. Um, like there are none of these that are like full on audio productions. You know, people will say like, oh, I love the Harry Potter audiobooks, And those basically, you know, certain versions of them come down to um, audio play kind of things, you know, mm -hmm. and I've got like opinions on like, you know, um, my just uh, narrators who I will generally go for. It's it's really hard to go wrong with the George Guidall. But mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. 
Um, yeah, I just, I, I like audiobooks. I've got, I've got tons of them. Listen to them all the time. Yeah. I enjoy, uh, I enjoy listening to an audiobook. Yeah. Shall we uh, move on to show questions just because again, we have a, yeah. a spicy response. Yeah. And we're, we're losing lots of questions. We do, are going to get a makeup here on the books. Yes. So don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Casey writes, uh, in a show question here, are there any moments from the development of the network that you look back on with particular fondness, serious moments, humorous moments, and everything in between are acceptable. Um, PS it's been four years since the F final fantasy four episodes. And I'm still tickled by the fact, uh, that Cole's show notes described entering the giant of Babel as deploying into its mouth. <laughs> <I'm hell. laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't I don't have any serious moments that I, that I remember. Mm -hmm. I've said this before, but a very fond uh, coalism I have is the summer where we both discovered cummies, <laughs> and you, where you were like, my understanding is that they'll do anything to get daddy's cummies <laughs> or something like that, and that is very funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, not to get into a theme, but like the summer of cum was really good. Like just that, that just great. like that was accidental, and I think you know, at a certain point we we realized it was it was a thing, and we both like simultaneously like leaned into it, but also you know backed off because we didn't want it to get tired. But like that was like a particularly energetic and fun string of episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just like I don't know those inflection moments, you know, just uh, just like I think abject suffering unlocking for us ended up being a uh ended up being a good uh good thing for the entire network really mm -hmm. uh just in terms mm -hmm. of relaxing the energy and getting a little bit more punchy yeah mm -hmm. agreed and then like live events and stuff like that just the yeah. just uh did, did uh each of those has its own little character and memory yeah. associated no, th with those it. yeah i i miss uh that quite yeah. a bit uh the the fact that the you know this delta variant and the anti-vax shit coming mm -hmm. through and kind of uh you know we're brief relaxation Yep. of uh restrictions just for a little bit uh makes yeah. me sad because i miss tabling yeah so yep someday probably uh jesse uh asks a longtime listener first time writer first thank you so much for all the amazing content you create can't tell you how much i look forward to every new episode from all your different channels thank you uh, on to a simple question do you guys have a way for people to check what episodes they have uh, had their honorable mention uh, from their Patreon backing? If not, would you consider creating one? Thank you for everything you do. Keep up with the amazing work. No, uh, I don't have a, I don't have like a record of that. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying this to, to be mean or ungrateful, probably uh, would not make one. Mm -hmm. It would be a lot of work. Yes. Um, I keep hoping that we're going to reach some kind of critical mass where we get people who wiki us. Yeah. You know, we, like we, that adventure zone uh, fandom. Yeah. We, we had that, we had that for a while, but it just ended up being, it you know, ended up kind of dropping off, I think, because it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's tons of work. Like I don't yeah. blame uh, anybody for not, yeah. uh, you know, not doing that, but just going back for it, you know, going back and listening to the beginning mm -hmm. of all of the episodes, like there's a lot of these shits. Yes. Um, you know, with a spreadsheet and then it would just, it would just take a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of like data entry stuff. No. Um, the other thing too, that I've thought about is that like, if we didn't get to the point where we, uh, had like, you know, wiki, mm -hmm. uh, fans, if we ever got to the, you know, if we were making more money and had somebody who was like, you know, if we ever decided to outsource labor, mm -hmm. 
you know, like, and we decided like, oh, you know, we we're going to uh, research and record and play, but we're going to have somebody else do like our editing and posting and admin stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be a cool job for like somebody we hired for 10 hours a week or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, five hours a week, but we're just kind of not there yet. Nope. So maybe someday, but <clears> I, I, I guess this is a very, very long and elaborate way of me saying not it. <laughs> and putting my thumb to my forehead. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Sorry if you uh if 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 you missed yours. It's just uh it like we I go down and I I, I tick them off at the front and uh and that's it. So yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh let's see here. Mark asks, are there any games that you wouldn't uh consider covering on the show because it's just too much of a pain uh to drag out or track down the old hardware? Or because they don't emulate well. Yeah, I was going to make uh, one of my vanity picks this year, Spore. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because I love Spore. I actually didn't like Spore very much, but I think that it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just hard to get running, so we we decided not to do it. Like maybe someday, mm-hmm. uh, and even between when we checked and now, maybe there have been advancements in getting Spore running. Yeah. in twenty twenty one, but hard to get a hold of, hard to get going. Yeah, uh, uh, EA is not very interested in keeping that uh, super available, um, yeah. and it is just not stable uh, at mm-hmm. all. Like the they they had to abandon the Monster Factory Monster Factory series on it because it kept crashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's my big example for this. I would lo- I think that is a really good idea for mm-hmm. like think that would make a great episode, but yeah, just not there. And there are, uh, you know, like PC games from uh, the kind of that weird middle era, um, like the early 2000s, let's say, where uh, where mm-hmm. the like just uh, emulation and compatibility haven't kind of caught up to it. I was real worried mm-hmm. when somebody requested uh, No Endless Forever because for so long that had been completely unavailable. But uh, but now, mm-hmm. it, you know, it runs, you know, just fine because of fan kind of stuff there are uh works that have not been kept alive by fans uh so it's just uh it just gets kind of tricky you know that is more concerning than like i don't know going back to a uh uh, like oh we're gonna do like a jaguar game or something where the emulation isn't quite there but also like there's not that many games for it you know yeah it mostly kind of self-selects because old console games that are that are rare that are hard to buy we don't Mm -hmm. mind emulating Correct. You know, so if we decided to do some some rare ass PS2 games, that's no problem because it'll probably emulate. I'm guessing that like a, something that will become a future thing are like Xbox 360. Yeah. You know, era games like up until a couple of weeks ago, we wouldn't have been able to do Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. versus the world. Right. Like or a couple of months ago. Yeah. No, if we wanted to do that, we totally could. But for a while, that would have been in that scenario. And it's mm-hmm. a cool game. Like it would be worth talking about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. PS3 so, games so are probably going to fall into this uh, into this valley for a while until uh, emulation catches up to it. Yeah, yeah, very soon. Um, Jonathan uh, says, "Have you considered doing a sequel podcast to Monster in My Podcast, where you talk about your favorite adventure modules?" I'm just wish casting, but I mostly just want to hear you guys dunk on Strahd. Uh, <laughs> uh, I read a lot of these, um, but I don't know whether I read enough of them to do a show. Yeah, about it. Um, <laughs> so, so i have not considered that so that's pretty much pretty much where i'm at too also my my source for these dried up so i am upset Me too you know what what though i managed to download all of the Shadowrun ones before that happened oh you did nice I, yeah. I i i put off doing a similar download run and then it just went away it so too late 
Oh, yeah. they, it's like when they they said they're going to be able to meet Sheriff Lobo at the mall or whatever. <laughs> uh, was it Mr. T? Mr. T at the yeah, mall. it was Mr. T. Uh, yeah, yeah. They never should have canceled um, that show. <laughs> the um, yeah, so that that would be really fun. And also, there's kind of a weird lack of this as a niche. Um, I found a couple of people on YouTube mm-hmm. who go through old modules, but it's surprisingly rare. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wish there was actually like a lot more of that. Uh, the one that I recommend is called DM it all, mm. uh, who goes through a bunch of classic Leo modules, like the big old prestige D and D stuff and kind of talks through them. Nice. And that's, that's absolute like dork fuel. Put that directly in my veins, like <laughs> gummy and vibe before bed shit. Nice. Like appointment watching. <laughs> DM it all. Yeah. It's a good name for a channel. A very good name for a channel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do one more, uh, show question here. And actually this, this is, this is going to be, um, pairing up two of them, uh, cause they're real similar. Okay. Uh, Cinderella fast. Are you planning on releasing Dictionary volume two anytime soon? Uh, I have been, uh, I've long been wondering where, whenever blank is not on screen, you should be asking where's blank or something like that. I've been wondering where that comes from. Uh, I think I may have been around for the origin of that and just forgot, but I'm not sure. I even tried searching for it at some point, but it was difficult since I didn't know what the original blank was. Uh, and this is uh, uh, matched up with, let me find this here. Moonboring says, I've re-listened to a number of old wasps recently uh, and have heard the phrase waiting for Krusty to come a whole lot. Uh, what the hell does that mean? I know it's a Simpsons reference, but my 45 seconds of Googling has been fruitless so uh we should do another dictionary at some point people liked that yeah i i liked it yeah yeah uh, sure. yeah let's yeah let's <laughs> so do it. so both of those are simpsons references uh if, if you don't know what we're talking about usually it's a simpsons reference we're going to keep doing this till we die uh it's fine uh whenever blank is not on screen you should be asking where's blank uh is from the uh poochie episode of the simpsons where homer got a mm-hmm. job uh voice acting poochie the dog a new character on itchy and scratchy people hated the character and homer mm-hmm. walked in with a list of like suggested changes all of which made the show more poochie centric uh, uh including pitching dialogue that whenever poochie isn't there like we should really be calling attention to the fact that poochie isn't there um yes. yes uh fireworks factory is similar millhouse is watching uh that episode of itchy and scratchy <laughs> they're both on the same episode yeah uh watching that episode and it begins with itchy and scratchy going to a fireworks factory but mm-hmm. they get waylaid by an errant poochie mm-hmm. and uh they never get there and millhouse yeah. is furious about his matter than he's ever been in his life he's, he's furious because the fireworks factory was dangled and then never never delivered on um yeah yeah uh and <laughs> nobody asked about fireworks factory gary because uh crusty's gonna get here you'll see uh <laughs> oh shit they're similar but they mean similar things though. They, yeah they they, 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 they do yeah. they do whereas the fireworks factory is about disappointment with something that was dangled um uh, uh like crusty will get here or waiting for crusty to come as a reference to the camp crusty episode when um uh they went to camp crusty uh themed after Crusty the clown and bart held out hope that uh crusty would show up and spend the summer with them but because crusty is mercenary um and uh without scruples or ethics he basically just left them hanging uh for it and bart yeah. bart was the one who held uh uh who kept on holding out hope saying oh crusty's gonna get here you'll see i would argue that crusty was also dangled in front of him yes and yeah. like they're different tones like mm-hmm. millhouse is angry and and bart is hopeful yes yeah but yeah 
um yeah shit i don't know why i just like incepted the fireworks factory <laughs> into it but yeah hey bonus hey. bonus mini documentary. uh lightning round zach asks how'd you guys meet something awful forums yep. next bam <laughs> paul asks in your opinion what are the best foods for slopping up and conversely slop it up, <laughs> <laughs> up boys and conversely uh which foods should never be slopped uh, if you try to slop up a, a, a food that's already sloppy, uh, I think that you should be drug tested. <laughs> like so, when p- you say slopping up, do you mean pouring water on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what I think Paul is saying. For some reason, in my mind, I think I got sopped up, and I was gonna be like, "Oh, gravy, duh." Oh, yeah. uh, but it, it's uh, Slop, yeah. In terms slop. of slopping, I don't slop think, it think up. Should slop. <laughs> yeah, let's slop them up. I don't want to slop up anything. I guess I'll slop up some Kool Aid powder. <laughs> I slop up uh, cereal <laughs> with milk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's really it. But I don't. Uh, I don't like adding water to my food generally. No, no. No. <laughs> Uh, uh, Kellerak uh, says, uh, can we get an episode of Abject Suffering hosted by Greta and Pocket? I think they might have interesting things to say about the games you play. No, they are cats. <laughs> they, they make, they make very, uh, all the noises they make are very similar and they are not words. And they um, can't edit. <laughs> they can't edit for shit. Uh, no well, thumbs on a cat. Uh, let's well, see. Too many. It's weird. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> you get that weird do, do thumb. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex writes, what's your favorite useless novelty controller? Uh, you're going to expect me to say the Resident Evil chainsaw controller? No. But you're going to say the slime. Uh, no, not even that. The, oh, Wu- the Wu-Tang uh, uh, PlayStation controller. Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, I'll say the slime because the slime works as a little slime statue. Yes. Um, yeah, which it, is cute. <laughs> even it, though, man, the, uh, the plastic they made that thing out of, mm-hmm. I moved that across country when I moved out here and the whole thing became like gummy and tacky Ooh, yeah. in this like disgusting way. I ended up like actually throwing it away because it was so like unpleasant there, to touch. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's like that weird little off gassing or whatever. Uh, yep. I've, I have not found anything that is able to like recondition that plastic and clean it up. Yeah. Disgusting. It was like the sphere from, uh, torment. <laughs> like that smells of rotten eggs and it's like kind of tacky to the touch it's exactly like that yeah um i think it's nasty yeah the funny thing about the chainsaw controller is that uh it is such a bad controller that it also kills leon kennedy just like the chainsaw in the <laughs> game does mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> just on accident he just does it to himself yeah um yeah. i think this is you gary oh uh is there any game that seems to be tailor-made for you but you can't get into for some reason Mm, I don't know. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 100% there is. It's just, I, I'm just on the spot. Yeah. It would almost be like a fun topic if we gave it some thought in advance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like things that just, cause there's, there's lots of stuff, mm-hmm. but it, it's just, it's very hard, like absolutely on the spot. My, my initial answer to that is, uh, uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker. Oh, but I, yeah. I still want to go back into that. Yeah. You know, I still want to give it another shot, but it just didn't hook me in the beginning. And I was like, eh. Yeah. Um, I'll, I, 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 um, uh, promoted that to a topic prompt, uh, the spreadsheet there. Yeah. Let's think about yeah, that. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, Cinder Alf asks, uh, how do you feel about Frasier? Uh, and then what are your favorite sitcoms? Uh, I like, uh, I like Frasier. Frasier's good. Um, I watched Frasier, but I don't, yeah, I don't like sitcoms very much. I don't remember very much about it. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Uh, my favorite sitcoms are like 
the ones that aren't very sitcom so like The Office and Seinfeld and yeah, yeah. Parks and Rec. I don't like a traditional mm-hmm. sitcom. Yeah. Favorite uh, classic classic sitcom is uh, is Taxi. Taxi. Um, and then I've also got a, uh, a soft spot for uh, the Drew Carey show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tom asks, if you could have any video game character guest co-host one of your shows, which character would it be and which show? Uh, it would be J.C. Denton on Everything to Guppy. Ooh, yeah. Um, I would like to get uh, Agent 47 in on uh, on Law for Bonfireside chat. He's so competent at everything that he does that I think he would have a lot of insight for us. The idea of him just being an ultra-competent podcaster is very funny to me. Because <laughs> yeah. it's so contrary to his, to his personality. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be very fun, but... Yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> so, anyway. uh, Gabriel asks, uh, I know that you guys like to game just for fun, as you should, but uh, and are not competitive types, but uh, what games would you say you are particularly good at? Uh, I am really pretty good at The Binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh us, me, I got started getting prepared for it in advance and everything. I'm reminding myself, I'm excellent at Darkest Dungeon. Hmm. Uh, it's been really fun to share that knowledge and guide people through it. And like, yeah, like I was like, wow, the, the hundreds of hours I put into this, like all this stuff is coming back to me and I just understand this. It feels really good. Mm-hmm. I am not like, you, you know, making YouTube videos and posting high scores and stuff like that. But I think that I am, uh, or at least at one point was very good at uh, Rock Band uh specifically mm-hmm. the drums uh and uh i got a lot of enjoyment out of uh getting the uh getting five stars on really hard uh really hard songs uh and continue to still be good at the uh the, the guitar stuff when i uh when i pull that mm-hmm. out and play it uh love rhythm game yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh is this me yes i'm taking it lightning round uh what is the games club I've been listening to for years? I don't think I ever noticed the origin of the introduction, a games club podcast. Am I in the games club? If not, how do I join? Uh, <laughs> just like a book club, but for games. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, a, it's you, know, you, you do the same thing and you talk about it. The, the, the besties, the podcast, uh, the game podcast that uh, former polygon people did slash do, uh, they had a format change and they started calling themselves a, uh, a video game club podcast. And they had like a whole bit about, is it a book club, but for games, is it a game club game club? It's like, you guys are hoarding in on our shit guys. Hoarding in yeah. our shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's and also I, uh, like rebel FM did that. Yeah. As well early on, uh, mm-hmm. in the post GFW radio thing. Yeah. Uh, except their format was more like, Hey, we're all kind of playing this around the same time, but we don't know where we're at in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it only kind of worked. I thought. Yeah. No. So. Um, and then finally here, Holland Hume, hypothetical question. How do you think the network would be affected if you guys got married to each other? I think it'd be worse. Yeah. Uh, we already worked together. Mm-hmm. If we had to live with each other and we're both like need a lot of alone time. Yes. And stuff. I think that we would be more annoyed with each other and generally shorter. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that, so that, I, that, I, that is nothing specific about Gary. That is literally just me not, not getting along well with people. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think that, uh, you know, even like I like, uh, you know, I like you a lot, mm-hmm. but boy, like yep. I think that'd make the show worse. Yeah. I think that I would just have to stop doing the network and Probably. then we would just be husband and husband. And then like, 
I would, I would podcast with somebody else. I'd have to like leave the house and go to a, a place and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If it was just uh if it was just like a thing on paper, you know, for benefits or whatever, um, and it didn't involve cohabitation, it would probably be unchanged. But if it did involve cohabitation, um, and being anything more than friends, a, that would be weird. Uh, neither of us, neither of us are yeah. homosexual. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I, I'm not sexually attracted to you, and then also, yeah, romantically attracted to you. Yeah, you know? it's just, it's just it'd be it's weird. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yeah. So, so and yeah. Like, did, did, like, was it? Is it a second edition wish that went wrong? Like, <laughs> what happened? You know, <laughs> coin flip kind of thing. Yeah, no. somebody else had a monkey's paw. Like, it, yeah. you know, just like, oh man, this podcast that I like would be better if these guys loved each other, like that. <laughs> and then it got worse because tales from the crypt reasons. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, if it's an on paper thing, whatever, if it involved cohabitation or anything more, uh, no, no, that just, yeah, the, the, it would go away. So hope yeah. it never happens. Not even a gay panic thing. I just don't think yeah. it's, it's, you know, there, there's not, not every time you reject something that's against your sexuality, is it like a panic? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it could also just be like, yeah, I'm just not interested in that. No. <laughs> you know, it, it's not homophobic to just not be down for screwing dudes. Yeah. You know, like, just having, like it's not homophobic to, to, to be straight inherently, regardless of whether like reactionary shitheads think that. Yeah. That's yeah. what they're being told, you know? So. Oh like, man. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our topic mm-hmm. uh, for this month. Uh, Scott Jarvis asking, he has two topics, but we're just going to talk about one of them. Uh, what makes a good crafting system? Lots of games have tacked, uh, have one tacked on because it's expected, but have any games done it really well where it was strictly additive? Uh, and I think this is a good time to do this in the wake of Horizon Zero Dawn and Prey. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, in, in kind of the crafting corner mm-hmm. that we're in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with games coming up that have like light crafting. Yeah. Uh, so stuff, yeah. stuff, stuff kind of, you know, built in. It's no secret that we're going to be doing uh, Resident Evil 8. Like we're going to be announcing mm-hmm. that this episode, so October's premium episode is uh is is RE8, and that has a weird uh weird little crafting system, kinda. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird because like you know you end up with like okay, it's called crafting, and I think that that is kind of a, like an overall umbrella that is thrown onto a bunch of different kind of systems. Um, mm-hmm. some of which, like in Prey, um, uh, kind of boil down to alternative currencies. Or, like in Resident Evil, it's not so much crafting as it is just, like, rewarding you for finding particular combinations of items. Like, as it's, again, it's just, like, a different kind of currency, right? Yeah. Well, there's different, there, even Resident Evil uh, 8, uh, they use it in different ways. Yeah. You know? Like, the way it works for treasures, like, the fact that you can combine treasures does, like, a neat risk-reward thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can sell this for quick cash or I can save it. For, for more cash. Yeah. And that's kind of crafting adjacent. Um, and that ties into a more traditional crafting thing, which is taking something that just would be an upgrade and splitting it into pieces. So you have more findables mm-hmm. in the world. Like if I am not, you know, I'm not going to find this, this sword, I'm going to find, you know, three pieces that make a sword. And that means I can now have three new hiding places Yeah, and encourage three places to explore rather than one. Like that's one form of, of crafting. Mm-hmm. you know that you have in video games that's used and then the more traditional kind of minecraft uh you know way of crafting where you are the entire game is based around it 
Yeah. Like you are g- gathering junk and then making stuff is kind of the game, mm-hmm. you know? So the, it, it's important to kind of differentiate terms. And like one of those has leaked into everything and the other one is more, you know, specific. Yeah. Like, hey, d- don't starve, mm-hmm. you know, like survival genre games. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Um, you know, another example of, uh, of, of these, and I think that this might actually be a little bit of, um, where some, you know, a lot of this kind of like came from because so many design mm-hmm. practices, um, boiled over from MMOs, um, into kind of like gen pop a little bit. I mean, crafting was a thing going back to like Ultima online, right. Yeah. Um, you know, or like EverQuest or what have you, you know, where it was, uh, professions that you, that you could have. Um, yeah. and they were, you know, skills that you, that you got, um, and, you know, practiced with materials that you found, um, in order to, uh, both improve those, but all, you know, improve the skills and make better stuff, but also like make yourself useful to other characters, right? Yeah. You Give know, yourself a boring job where you worked for less than minimum wage, except the money wasn't real. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you, you, <laughs> I mean, just, uh, <laughs> dragging icons around so that your uh, so that your guild can have good buffs for the, for the upcoming, uh, for the upcoming raid, uh, would be mm-hmm. the, uh, would be the, the, the other kind of thing. And that like came in alongside, uh, other kind of profession kind of stuff where people would actually like sell transport. So back before there was like fast travel and EverQuest, uh, you know, you could um, uh, use either a druid or a wizard. A druid or a wizard of a particular um, uh, level was able to cast teleport spells. And it was neat because druids uh, could, like, warp you to, um, like, different stone hinges around the world. And wizards uh, warped you to different uh, kind of things, like little towers, which was neat. Mm-hmm. So you had to, like, know based on your destination who to look for. And people would be, like, posted up and say, like, oh, I will warp you for X amount of gold and stuff like that. Or you yeah. would have, like, you know, somebody who would post up able to cast the uh, the spell that would um, that would uh, increase your run, uh, your movement rate, uh, like, posted mm-hmm. up outside of, like, city gates and stuff like that. Like, that kind of existed as player economy outside of even just the um, the, the the skills uh that were yeah, there. the crafting like, yeah, yeah the, 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 the yeah the crafting kind of stuff so you yeah. know i think the original point I, I i really just felt like talking about everquest but the original point <laughs> is like a lot of that just kind of came from these other you know external economies um in mmo stuff uh and people are like oh yeah like that that's engaging to folks when they play these games let's have it spill over into these single player kind of experiences mm-hmm with the more traditional crafting that is kind of bled into everything, I think that there are two purposes you get from that, one of which I think is additive and one that isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and depending on which one of those you're leaning on, uh, I'm, I'm more likely to like it. Mm-hmm. So if it is just uh, your parts are in different spaces, you know, gruffle the world more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really respect that so much. Like I, I like exploring and I like extrinsic rewards for exploring, but the way that... The, the way the games tend to do it, um, you know, going into little side paths just to pick up things and say, like, Remnant, mm-hmm. you know, just to use an example of, like, a proc gen, like, a non-very authored world is not super fun, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to me, just kind of Roomba-ing that. Um, so, you know, dislike that. What I do like is when they have different purposes. So what you're doing is you're grabbing a bunch of different materials that can give you a lot of freedom in essentially, like, build. Right? Yeah. So, uh, 
you know, a really good example of that just from your recent, like things we've done relatively recently. Like I think the last of us does that really well. Yeah. I was going to hold that that up as a really good example uh, of that because the, the, the space is constrained, right? You pick up like five different raw materials and yeah, they've got the the, different combinations that are pretty, and they interface really well. Like it's, you know, do I want a firebomb, which will potentially save me a bunch of, of damage or do I want a healing kit? Mm -hmm. It's always a meaningful choice. Yeah. You know, um, the other, you can also, you know, I would say that dovetails a little bit with how prey uses it, mm-hmm. um, where you're also making similar decisions. Like, do I want a upgrade or ammo or do I want a healing kit? Yeah. Um, prey also does it in terms of a shop. Mm-hmm. Like it allows you, you know, to do the same function as selling junk mm-hmm. and buying new stuff. Yeah. Uh, which I like and that, like, so that it supports build in that respect. Like mm-hmm. I'm playing this game, you know, the, the Q beam is just not interesting to me. So anything I get that's related to that, I'm not going to spend any time. I want to launder that into stuff that supports my build. Mm-hmm. So like when crafting supports player expression, yeah, you know, is, is when I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, not yeah. when it is a collectible or just a reason to scour. Yeah, I think like play, player expression, another way to put that or, you know, something gets to something that I value about it is, you know, the choice is meaningful because there are trade offs, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 there is scarcity and there is opportunity cost, not just with what you decide to do with what you have, but like how rigorous are you going to be in, you know, scraping stuff up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this works really well, like in, again, Last of Us and in Prey, where there is a general sense of privation, um, at least early on. Uh, Last of Us kind of rides that throttle a little bit more because it is a more kind of, I think, um, um, intentionally paced thing than Prey is. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're keeping you. Uh, it's they're, more linear. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's much more linear and just like generally it's kind of keeping you to where you only have, you know, two or three of anything at most. So you're kind of always, uh, you know, always making uh, the, the, those those kind of individual trade-offs where it starts to get, um, you know, feel a little bit meaningless is when you get into like armor crafting in The Witcher 3 or you get into um, you get into uh, Horizon Zero Dawn where either it kind of doesn't matter what you've picked up. You know, because you're mm-hmm. just going to like in The Witcher 3's case, like go and buy whatever ingots you need to launder up to the, you know, to the materials that you need to uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to craft the piece that you're the, the, that you're looking for. Um, so like every individual piece is fungible or everything is so completely non fungible, like in Horizon Zero Dawn, where you're not making a choice of what to do with the bits and bobs. Each of those bits and bobs kind of just goes to its own individual thing and never, never shall the resources they draw from, um, uh, you know, uh, intersect, you know, yeah. with like a couple of exceptions of like, well, well, no, like even even with potions, like, you know, a particular kind of potion is like, do you want to make the strong one or the weak one? And, you know, if it's a health potion, it uses this kind of meat or more of this kind of meat. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. It, it's how much time are you spending between quest? Yeah. Gruffling. Mm-hmm. You know, like The Witcher 3 is probably my favorite game with that system in it. And yeah. it's entirely in spite of it. Yeah. And the frustrating thing is there are cool authored quests behind getting the recipes. Yes. For those armors. And they should have just given you the fucking armor. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, and it's doing, it's engaging in the split thing because uh-huh. you have to get all the recipe bits to build all the parts of the armor, right? Like you do the quest that's like the cat armor set yeah, or whatever cat style. And you have to go get all five pieces of armor for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just to add in more excuses. Yeah. Like that being one authored quest that took you to a cool place and gave you the armor at the end mm-hmm. is significantly cooler to me. Agreed. You know? Yeah. And it's just through volume that it ends up not making that big of a difference. Like you're spending most of your time doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And if it, needs to be, very good. if it needs to be a compromise where you want to have the split, like maybe you find the armor in a degraded state. And then you have another quest that you do with, you know, after you bring it to the uh, to the blacksmith, you know, to where you have to go and find yeah. the other stuff, you know, like use yeah, it as an opportunity for more for more things as opposed yeah. to like emptying out uh, different vendors from around the world as you fast travel. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, I can't forge this to you because I'm too distracted because there's a griffin. Yeah. Like in all space. <laughs> you know, you have to figure out whether it's a <laughs> gasoline <laughs> euphemism. Gasoline <laughs> euphemism, you know. Uh, or, you know, just give, uh, put the individual pieces of armor in the mm-hmm. spot, which is still a little annoying, but rather than just the recipe for the individual pieces of armor, <laughs> which you need to go and have crafted, is just tedious. Yeah. You know? Uh, I also, I don't know if this is uh, blasphemy. I think that I really, this would have been actually a good answer for the above a little bit. I keep wanting to like games where uh, closer to like the don't starve model. Oh yeah. Uh, where the, the crafting is the game. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like that. No, I don't get it. Huh? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I get it. Like, that, what I... is the ap- appeal of, you know, if I pick up, you know, two sticks and a piece of hay and this then allows me to, you know, make a lean to. And then if I pick up four sticks and a log and a piece of cloth, then I can make a tent. Yeah. So you know, just having to go to the workbench and, and do that work. It, well, was there ever a point in the past when, when you, when you did enjoy those, enjoy those things? Like, did you have like a Minecraft phase or anything like that? No, I, I really only liked Minecraft for the first couple nights, like the desperation yeah. of building a improvised shelter. Mm-hmm. And then having to uh, have monsters show up outside your door is like very atmospheric and cool. Yeah. Um, but I never went further than that. Mm-hmm. Like I get it as a Lego thing, but I don't think that like, oh, you know, I've, if I craft this kind of workbench, then I can craft this kind of thing. Yeah. It just feels like center box shit to me. I mean, like, I, I won't say it's not, a, you know, it's not a little bit Skinner boxy for me when I have enjoyed these and like the versions of them that are like, you know, <laughs> I, I enjoy them so much. I like I enjoy them so much that I need to stop myself from playing them like this. That, like it actually mm-hmm. gets a little bit into like a management sim kind of thing where early struggles and successes build on each other and you get momentum and the joy mm-hmm. kind of comes in you know, struggling early um, and building up momentum to where things that used to take you a lot of effort before are, you know, now easily accomplished either because you have better materials, you know, in order to, you know, like mine more quickly or what have you, or chop down trees more quickly, et cetera. Or because like in the management sim kind of uh, kind of thing, like I had to stop myself from playing uh, an early access game called medieval dynasty, because not only was it, you know, like a rust or the forest, like where you were, you know, chopping down trees and building a cabin and stuff like that. But it was like, oh, you're going to build a town and like hire people to like work the bar and stuff like that. You know, so mm-hmm. like you go from literally having nothing and, you know, sleeping under under the stars to being a mayor of your own little thing. I think that it is kind of the overall difference between struggling and scraping to survive and then thriving and having all of that. That sense of growth um, is what appeals to me. Yeah. Setting up no, systems I, I, and I, stuff. I, I, yeah. I get that, but it, that, that's what the part that I think feels Skinner boxy. Mm-hmm. 
you yeah. know, you're just watching a, a number go up. Like it's, you're, you're making choices sometimes, but when I played mm-hmm. like don't starve, there's just kind of an order of operations you're supposed to do at the beginning, mm-hmm. like materials you're supposed to look for and things do get easier and you start being able to harvest faster and stuff, but it feels yeah. clickery to me. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I, I, I won't say that there's not an element of that. I would, you know, I would say that there is, there, there's a certain amount of there's joy and iteration and problem solving. Um, as you get, as you get new, uh, get new stuff. I mean, this is really put together in something like Factorio, or I guess that, that person sucks, uh, play satisfactory. Satisfactory is amazing. Yeah. I, I dumped, you know, a hundred hours into satisfactory over the course of like a month, month at a time, um, is, uh, you know, building your system, figuring out how stuff, how stuff works, figuring out the rules and then like optimizing it. The, the, the joy is in the optimization and kind of like learning, uh, learning how the stuff fits together that that I think is where the is where it gets to be something more than just kind of kind of like a clicker kind of kind of thing because yeah. it, it, it does it, require a lot of input and strategizing I guess it just depends on where you're making choices yeah you know because I didn't didn't feel like don't starve mm-hmm. I don't know I'm beating up on that because like don't starve isn't horrible or anything yeah but like that did not feel like it was I was making a lot of choices mm-hmm you know, it wasn't about me making the layout or anything like that. Like I understand with with a, a satisfactory, mm-hmm. like you are part of that is the joy of just efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, um, efficiency for efficiency's sake. Yeah, and I get that part of it, but you're also making choices in that game. Like there's a strategy layer. Yeah, to yeah. It, like explicitly, it's not just a linear. You know, this workbench allows me to do tier one upgrades. Mm-hmm. And if I put together a couple of those tier one upgrades and find a rare material, I get a second workbench, mm-hmm. which allows me to make tier two upgrades. Yeah. Like that feels like Skinner box shit. Yeah. It's, it's whether you're making choices, I think is what makes that type of crafting system good. You know, I've bounced, I, I have bounced off of don't starve the, the, despite really enjoying like the aesthetic of it. Like I think that that mm-hmm. team does really good work. Kind of, kind of generally, um, I think that Don't Starve in particular uh, suffers from a much longer, I think, runway to the point where you're going to be making interesting choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, oh, yeah, that, maybe, yeah, like, maybe I, I'm I, not getting there. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that it kind of requires um, a lot more investment before you before you reach the point where uh, where it is, you know, kind of a prescribed. You know, like in Minecraft, it's the, you know, once you get past the first couple of nights, you know, like, like those are going to be roughly, roughly the same stuff that you do in every particular order. It, it feels like it takes a lot of, in my, in my experience with Don't Starve many years ago, it felt like the runway was incredibly long. Yeah. 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 I mean, if, if not, Don't Starve, like Terraria, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, Terraria is very fun to go on these expeditions, mm-hmm. you know, that you're doing. So the reason is there. But what I'm getting is a loot mill. Yeah. Like I'm getting a series of materials of sword that are mm-hmm. plus one increments over the last one. Yeah. You know? Uh, so to me, it's it's when crafting dips into that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that it gets bored. The other half can still be good. Like I like doing the exposition expeditions mm-hmm. and don't starve. I thought it was fun to just explore. Yeah. You know, the area. But, oh, like I didn't spawn on an island with gold uh, because there's no gold. I can't do the higher level level inventions until i can find some mm-hmm. uh so i just have here's the optimal order of things to make these numbers go up in the beginning yeah you know it just kind of bums me out like i don't i, I hate skinner boxes man yeah. yeah you know like if, if anything is gonna pop into like this this month with our like our <laughs> our jrpg and our collectathons and stuff like i yeah. hate just 
you know, check the things off the list and watch the numbers go up. Like yeah. it's just never enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we'd be a little bit remiss, you know, neither of us really have a lot of experience. Like you, know, we've not fallen into a, you know, a rust hole or a daisy hole arc survival yes. evolved. Like any of those where crafting intersects with, um, you know, either cooperative or competitive, you know, server based play. Like that, Mm -hmm. that seems kind of cool to me, but I would like to play with people that I know as opposed to randos, um, you know, so, and the, 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 the social stress of getting that lined up is, is too much for me to think of and bear. Um, (laughs) yeah, well, that is probably all kinds of the Frenchman's cum sock. (laughs) You know, that would be the problem there is I would just immediately get murdered. Yeah. Yeah. By people who are professionally like, Mm -hmm. I like the idea of I am in a desperate place, Mm -hmm. but it's always going to down to eventually just having like kind of a prescripted order of operations yeah you know like even you 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 end up in rust prioritize finding this prioritize finding this yeah you know and maybe it's kind of in that game because it's a the shooter skin it could be kind of desperate and full of privation to find them in the in the beginning Mm -hmm. but it's not it doesn't have that it doesn't feel like it has that strategy layer yeah to it um the version of this that i want to play that i understand is really good is a game called the forest which mixes the mixes the crafting survival stuff with like an actual like survival horror plot uh kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know um which seems cool and good to me Mm -hmm. um you know you know what is a good a good version of this that is kind of like that that i i want to shout out uh and it's actually like a game i i I'm I'm calling it now. Babe Ruth calling a shot. I'm going to make this a vanity pick for next year. Okay. Um, is uh, State of Decay. Oh, I fucking love State of Decay, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah we we got to do. Why have we not done State of Decay? I'm fucking know. furious. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like uh, State of Decay is really cool with this because uh, one, it has that little like, yes, you're just kind of doing workbenches mm-hmm. and it's a semi-linear path. But it's driving the exploration in a really interesting way. Yeah. You know, uh, and the exploration itself is really fascinating and thrilling. Mm-hmm. Like the the supply runs you make in that game are the game. Oh, they're harrowing. They're really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to the supply runs I've made in a Terraria or a Don't Starve, mm-hmm. which are less good to me. Yeah. No, no uh, yeah, I, I am I am 100% okay with the state of decay. Twist my arm, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Um I also want to do a do a shout out to this because I'm surprised it hasn't come up. But uh mm-hmm. I have a soft spot in my heart for uh both uh oh my gosh, Morrowind and Oblivion. Not so much mm-hmm. Skyrim because oh, it's, a, it's it's a little uh it's it's a little harder to break, but like I mean al- alchemy and spell stuff in in both yes. of those games, just just cracking the entire game wide open. Um, yeah, I am a big fan of when, uh, (laughs) they inadvertently give you so much power with, uh, let's say ill-considered systems that interact with each other recklessly, uh, to completely lean into the jank of a game. That is such a huge part of the charm of them for me. Yeah, that's a great, great poll. Uh, that is a really good touch on it. Um, also like a weird little closet example. I really liked crafting, uh, spells and abilities in both transistor and tyranny. Oh yeah. Um, you know, that's like not exactly a crafting system, but it's similar. Mm -hmm. The idea of taking elements and creating your own version of different attacks and spells and stuff. Yeah. I think that's super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, the, you know, not, we're not experts on it or anything like that, but that's part of why we get cronky about them. Uh, for me, I want strategy and I want it to 
be interesting in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And, you know, like so many things, it gets tied up into reward structure uh, an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, a bad crafting system complete, can completely uh, undermine the reward economy. Yes. Uh, see uh, your horizon, Zero Dawn. Yeah. Uh, let's read um, some responses, Gary. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have an overflow episode coming relatively soon. Uh, and keep an eye on the Patreon space for calls for questions. If mm-hmm. you'd like to ask us questions, that is something for patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to write in about games, that's a duckfeed.tv slash contact. And you guys came out in force uh, about this month's games. You certainly did. Um, so uh, we're going to be putting the Paradise Killer responses after the admin um, on this one because that is so new and the story is susceptible to spoiling. Um, and as you can imagine, uh, Chrono Trigger especially, but also Paradise Killer generated a lot of responses. Um, so mm-hmm. understand if we left your response out or cut it down. I read all of them and appreciated all of them. Just a matter of figuring out how to fit it in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got some follow up here. This is actually to this is a little bit of a rata from a previous uh, dispatch where somebody asked us about like our favorite works of art in games. Um, I called out a specific painting, uh, Judith beheading Hilarphonies, uh, kind of a, a Renaissance painting of a biblical scene uh, that pops up a lot in horror games. And two people actually wrote in about this, Curtis and Griff, uh, to kind of politely nudge. Uh, in the episode, I uh, referred to a, a painting by Caravaggio. Uh, Caravaggio did paint the scene, uh, but the one that is featured a lot of the time, the one that I'm thinking of, and also the one that is way better, is by Artemisia Gentileschi. Uh, hers is the one that you you see the most. There's actually like really cool biographical detail about like why it's more heartfelt in her style. Like uh, it's beyond the scope and involves stories of sexual assault. So I'll let people uh, uh, go and seek that out. There's a New Yorker article called the fuller picture of Artemisia Gentileschi. Um, that, that'll give you the complete story. Uh, but yeah, two paint, two painters painted the same scene. What happened is I was like, I love that painting. I did a search for the title and Caravaggio came up first as opposed to the gentle issue one. So I want to thank uh, Curtis and Griff for uh, writing in and helpfully uh, straightening me out. Yeah. Uh, I blame Google. You yep. should have banged it. <laughs> should, should, shouldn't have banged it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get us started here with what Cinder says about Sam and Max save the world. Uh, this is the sponsor mm-hmm. of that episode. Uh, hi guys. Thanks for the great episode. Sam and Max Save the World was my first exposure to the duo after stumbling upon the game on the Xbox Live Marketplace for the 360 around 2007. Telltale games seemed to have a talent for capturing the spirit of whatever characters and worlds they adapted. I remember that Wallace and Gromit Grand Adventure was probably the best game you could make out of that property, and Tales from the Borderlands made me care about a series that I had never had any slight interest in before. I love the first season of Telltale's Walking Dead as much as anyone, but I can't help feel like its success led them away from more fun properties like Sam and Max and towards bigger and more serious properties like Batman and Game of Thrones, which I also care for, but entertainment often trends towards the more serious, and I feel like we could use more silliness in our media. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I also want to brag and say that I have Jessica on my lap purring right now. Oh. I now get a cat while recording. Mm. It's pretty cool. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Cinder. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for sponsoring the episode. I agree. Um, Telltale's goofy phase uh, is good. I wish they would have mm-hmm. continued doing the bone, the bone stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. 
Um, Matthias writes again about Sam and Max saying, I have completely forgotten about this game until the moment that you announced, uh, that I'll be featured on WAF. Not being a disciple of classic LucasArts adventure games, uh, I still really enjoyed it. However, the key to my enjoyment was the voice acting, uh, and not the English one, but the Polish dubbing that I played it with. Immediately after finishing Sam and Max Save the World, I wanted to play the next episodes only to find out that back then they were not dubbed to Polish. These voices were such an important part of the experience that I decided I would rather not play with uh, that I would rather not play them at all uh, without those dubs. Uh, but who knows? Maybe if they remaster the later seasons for Switch, I will finally check them out. I think that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, so yeah, I hope so. Yeah, no, I hope so for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that is a that is a good touch. I understand that voice acting in a game will widely vary. Mm-hmm. depending on uh, language. And, you know, I've never messed around with languages I don't speak mm-hmm. outside of like Sekiro. Uh, so that is a cool idea. The idea that there might be really strong performances that I'm not hearing just because I don't speak the language. Yeah. 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 You ever go on uh, YouTube and just do a search for the Simpsons in different languages? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Mexican, Mexican Homer is really good. German Homer is apparently like f- fucking phenomenal. Like, I yeah. don't understand German, but I, 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 I like the, his delivery. And he, apparently he's just like really well regarded and well compensated. Whoever does that dub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty neat. <laughs> like, I, I'm not saying it like that. And I'm like, oh, I should sit down and listen to, to you know, <laughs> tons of TV shows. I don't understand. No. It's just get these performances. Like, I'm not that level, but I also yeah. I think it's cool that it's there. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it falls under the broad umbrella of localization is complicated interesting yeah it's complicated mm-hmm. and, and interesting yeah oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um, um is this me or you this is you uh moving on to chrono trigger responses ben says viva contact chrono trigger has some pretty janky uh foibles when it comes to the combat system but i finally remember it as being my introduction to combo moves the dual and triple techs were the engaging part of the combat to me. I remember cycling through each character to unlock them all, and sidelined Magus almost immediately once I realized he was too edgelord to play with anyone else. As the years went on, I'd see a ton of media that would do their own combo systems, but something about Robo spinning Chrono in a circle with no irony in their hearts always spoke to me. Yeah, I, I wish that they did more. <laughs> yeah, these these were this was interesting where like if I had played this as a kid and just kind of were focused entirely on like the animations and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I would have liked them more. Yeah. I think that me like real feeling like in, you know, my gamer sense being like, these are a little underwhelming mm-hmm. and then looking up the math behind them bummed me out. Yeah. Um, you know, and this was even when I played it on the DS, when it first came on the DS and, and stopped right after beating Magus, I had this similar feeling where I was like, I feel like I'd be doing damage if I just did two single techs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that's almost true in every case. Yeah. Yeah. Until you get to triple techs and stuff, but even that is, uh, <laughs> hi, I'm triple techs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, triple techs. I'm double Brooklyn. Let's go to war together. Let's go to Vietnam. <laughs> Do you want to go join a platoon? <laughs> we'll leave boys, it's, but it's, come back as men. <laughs> oh, like, two of your Texans die. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just uh, the, the fact that there are uh, so, so few triple techs makes them um it makes them pretty uh, pr- pretty much a bummer which is kind of sad because i love how creative the animations and stuff are for them yeah the, the, the animations are impeccable it's especially like, this is all chrono trigger dot text but they look they look great like robo spinning chrono around in a circle yeah it's silly and good 
it's really funny because you know i'm streaming chrono cross on the duck v twitch channel and i've just been kind of like flipping through the strategy guide for that um just in idle hours uh, looking ahead at stuff and trying to plan out what i'm gonna do each each episode stuff like that and uh like the the table of double and triple text that are available there is so pathetic especially given how many characters are there there are like two triple texts in there for combinations of characters that make no fucking sense um and sure. double text there's like seven of them it's just such a so anemic uh as a as a yeah. system yeah yeah well they had to have some reason to make you play with some of those characters i suppose you know why else are you gonna Spr- pick those spriggan razzly yeah. <laughs> should make me so mad uh, <laughs> oh man uh i'll pick up here with trent who says via contact uh replaying chrono trigger a few years ago helped me to break out of the too good to use mindset that plagues many gamers i forced myself to keep uh my cursor away from the attack command and liberally used magic texts and items uh i ended up having a blast breezing through most encounters and chugging elixirs on a whim who would have guessed uh, that the game was designed for players to actually use all these fun options? I now try to bring this approach to all games, and it made me wonder if the basic attack command is a vestigial aspect of most JRPGs. Uh, would these games be better if they were designed without it in mind? Uh, maybe if it only showed up when all the other options were exhausted, uh, like the struggle move in Pokemon. Uh, like in general, like I think that attack is the most boring thing you can do. Yep in in an rpg and and that stands for all rpgs mm-hmm. you know like in in D, it's boring and later editions of D started adding more feats and things like that mm-hmm. and moves so even fighters could do things more exciting than just attack yeah uh so yeah in general i think that it's it's pretty crappy i, th- I think that with me like i that's how i play played chrono trigger as well mm-hmm. and that's how i play most games now as i use the stuff it gives me yeah um the thing with with me with like a lot of JRPGs that is part of like key to my criticism of them is that it doesn't demand that. Yes. Um, like it is more fun just to use or to use text than just use the attack key, but the level of rigor is generally so low that you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, like and like you can argue like oh if you if you do use it all the time then you enter into this economy of like magic points and stuff, but the economy is never very fun. Like it just mm-hmm. how much money did you spend stocking up? Yeah. You know, before you go in the dungeon, I don't think that's a particularly interesting strategic decision. So, like, 100% is that the the more fun way to use it. And I would love it if, you know, just give everybody a job system where everybody has a unique attack. Nobody can just fight. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that would be great. Yeah. But it would only kind of cure half the problem for me, mm-hmm. uh, personally. Yeah. Man, there's the, the art, like, in Chris Kohler had the article. It's like, whatever happened to fight magic item? Like, I want more RPGs, but just fight magic item. I'm like, why? Chris. What is wrong with you? I, 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 I like you and respect like you, you, Chris. Yeah, you're a nice guy, like, in person and on shows. You've done a lot of cool stuff for the industry. But what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, that is an insane person's opinion. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, agreed. I, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that. I probably would have spit my beverage. It, it was on, it was a, a Kotaku thing. And it's mm. weird because like Kotaku will get all the shit where they'll be like, Hey man, this thing looks like shit. It's a bummer. And people are like, Oh, gamers. Win. But no, that, you know, they should, they don't deserve shit for that. Mm-hmm. They deserve shit for this fight magic item. <laughs> Just, that's, you know, I like the website. That's like, what if the Sims fucked mm-hmm. and was like that for three years straight? Mm-hmm. Like their worst take is about JRPGs, <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, moving on to Douglas. Douglas says via contact, bring two messages on the game to keep the topic separate. Separate. Uh, at one at some point, you two talked about video game merch in the past, and I wanted to share my favorite piece. It's a mountains are nice travel mug. I've not listened to the pod yet, but I hope you remember this gem that a uh, koala or new says on Den- Denodoro Mountains from the original translation. When I was a kid playing this game uh, and its contemporaries, I used to sit and marvel at the beautiful pixel art mountain landscapes uh, that were there. At some point, well after you have a need to go to the Denodoro Mountains, a new is staring over the mountainscape and says, mountains are nice. <laughs> and something clicked in my 11-year-old brain. I had found a little secret, and that secret also loved these scenes. Uh, 20 years later, I still remembered it and tried to Google it. Uh, and it seems like someone else had as well. I found an actual hand painted still of this scene on Redbubble, and it was even called Mountains Are Nice mm-hmm. uh, instead of the cleaned up translation that came in all the uh, subsequent renditions of the game. It blew my mind, and I bought a bunch of items with this emblazoned on it, but only uh, the travel mug remains today. Back when uh, we were in offices, I took it to all my work meetings, even ones with my company's president and other so-called important people, and <laughs> love that no one knew that I was probably displaying video game merch in a stuffy corporate meeting. To them, I just liked colorful mugs. I sometimes wonder if anyone noticed the new on there and what they thought, <laughs> uh, if anyone else. Uh, anyway, mountains are nice. Keep up the amazing work, fellas. Yeah. Um, mountains are nice. I agree with that new. Um, yeah. you're, you're lucky that they didn't fire you for bringing a picture of a new in there with how oh, yeah. upsetting those things are. Ugh. Yeah. Just uh, get that thing out of here. Get mm-hmm. get a Funzo. <laughs> I didn't really put the Funzo thing together, but they do look like Funzo. They do look bit. like Funzo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that is, that is a nice little, nice, uh, that sounds like a nice mug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they still make that, but those print on demand sets are always so flighty. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Holland writes via contact saying, I wanted to open my response to Chrono Trigger, uh, to the Chrono Trigger episode with two questions. First, who do you think you are? And second, what gives you the right? In all seriousness, though, I'm overjoyed that you guys are finally tackling Chrono Trigger. Uh, it's interesting to see over the years how it has swung in the public eye between Emperor's new clothes-ass mediocrity uh, and timeless classic. It's personally my favorite game of all time, but it's definitely not perfect. It suffers a lot of that era's negative RPG tropes. To me, what makes it stand out is its sheer scope. Uh, you got the biggest guns of two of the two biggest RPG studios to get together and say, how much shit can we cram into this game? Nowadays, many people would consider that feature bloat. Uh, but back when uh, a lot of people maybe got one or two games a year, it was a gift they kept on giving. Here's a racing game. Like it? You can replay it as much as you want. Here's a battle arena. Like it? Go nuts, chief. It was the only RPG that I owned uh, during uh, the span of the SNES's life cycle, and it made me feel like I didn't need any others. I can't name a single uh, other game uh, that ever made me feel that way about a genre. Yeah. Yeah, this was, uh, I feel like uh, a lot of Chrono Trigger stuff, like I'm in the pocket for Final Fantasy VI the same way. Yeah. You know, which also had like a lot of like little mini activities and stuff. And then mm-hmm. obviously Final Fantasy seven. Yeah. I was going to say seven was this for me. Yeah. And, and sevens are more fun to me. Like I can't really imagine liking the racing game in Chrono Trigger. I'm not saying that to call it Holland, right. but I, but the snowboarding game in Final Fantasy seven, like actually holds up pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, that's a, that's a pretty legit fun arcade mm-hmm. snowboarding game. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but I under I, I recognize this as a, a trailblazer in the throw it in. Yes. You know, JRPG mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that to me, and for the record, like that's not frustrating to me about it at all. Like I think no, that's cool. No. Um, you know, that kind of variety is neat. I like that this starts with a golden saucer. I like the trial scene and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. I think that's very cool. Um, but you didn't answer you didn't answer the questions. Who are you and what gives you the right? <laughs> yeah. I, I we publish a podcast. So that's what gives you the right. It's actually very easy. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. no legitimacy that you have. Like I didn't have to go to a university or anything. You could just do it at home. Mm-hmm. So if you disagree with me about Chrono Trigger, please just make your own podcast. <laughs> and who are you? Anybody? Yeah, because uh, yeah. anybody can do that. Yeah, it's pretty cheap right now. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. oh gosh, the right came with. <laughs> uh, Alex says via contact. I don't have much to say about this besides that it's pretty good. However, I wanted to mention that I couldn't remember how I was able to get a hold of a copy of this because I couldn't afford buying new games for my SNES. However, my friend lived uh, in a devout household and was able to convince his mom to buy him the loose copy at the local Blockbuster. He told her that it was a game about Jesus traveling across time and spreading the influence. <laughs> well, <laughs> I stayed the night at his house and we stayed up until we had defeated Lavos. Uh, at the same time, his mom came into the living room and screamed at him uh, for it being a heretical devil video game. I was a scumbag and said I would dispose of the filth, and she sent me on my way, cartridge in bag. <laughs> Mom, Bart's swearing. <laughs> yeah, Bart's smoking. But yeah, very, very cute. Uh, man, is it horrible when parents do shit like that. I like, know, I know that right? we probably get a lot of reputation for, you know, being anti-religious and stuff, but, like, come on. Yeah. How, how lame. Yeah. You know? So just it like, it, I don't know. You're, like, you're, you're giving it more power by by imbuing it. Uh, with, with, you know, by, by forbidding it. I don't know. What is it with you kids? Am I for my forbidden closet of mystery? You know, I, I cannot think of like a JRPG outside of explicit weird Knights of Zentar porn ones <laughs> that a kid couldn't handle, <laughs> yep. you know, like a kid could play Xeno gears. Like they might not get all the, you know, mm-hmm. the Christ Gnosticism shit, but they'd be fine. Yeah. They won't be hurt by it. Mm-hmm. You know? For for, for as many JRPGs so as end up being about killing God, uh, <laughs> like yeah, it, it's like the most quaint, toothless genre. Uh huh. Like it, it is so like, like in general, especially this era, they're so cartoony and goofy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's full of stuff that people on TV tropes are like, oh man, when Kefka laughs, one thousand percent pure octane nightmare fuel. Yeah, like it is. He's rounding a clown. Errors. <laughs> yeah like he's, he's a pixelated clown he's he's a clown who's you know twice as tall as he is wide he's total tuna can like he, he's not they're, 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 it is not 100 percent pure nightmare fuel like i'm very proud of your imagination for like rounding that up but uh-huh. come on but also come on now <laughs> like, like i i, I oh, could man. i could see like maybe a particularly like a religious parent not wanting a kid to play like a persona game because like that gets into like adults yeah. or pieces of shit but you know, like that's the, that's the, that's the theme of at least four and five specific, you know, especially five, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, it just, yeah. just real funny that, that, that is a very funny story. I like that. Super cute. <laughs> uh, patches writes in via contact saying, I wanted to share, uh, that while I used to be someone who replayed the game yearly, I fell off of it after the DS remake. I think though, that a few things really stick with me that make me love chrono trigger the memory of playing johnny's race at 6 30 a.m before my parents woke up sticks with me to this day the mode 7 flex and non-standard gameplay really made the game feel so different and fresh at that moment 
I couldn't imagine what else uh, the game would have in store for me. Uh, when Chrono Trigger married its amazing soundtrack to cool story moments, the game burned itself into my memory, uh, and it's those memories that make the game stand out to me in my mind. Subsequent JRPGs are more fun in the hands, but aesthetically, Chrono Trigger remains a strong touchstone for me. Uh, and does patches, have a lot of really great little grace notes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely think that this is why that this is a big part of why, uh, uh, it also is embedded in the memory of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be su- like surprised to have somebody go to bat for the Johnny race mechanically in these days, but I can also understand as being as a kid, just seeing the mode seven and not thinking about it critically, mm-hmm. you know, like not really considering whether it's a fun racing game, just being like, holy shit, they did a racing game. Yeah. And that memory just being really strong. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah, weird because like, sense. this is especially late in uh, the, you know, the SNES kind of era. So like mode seven, wasn't necessarily a huge thing, but again, mm-hmm. like it's still, you know, I, 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 I it still had like cachet. It still landed. You know, like the, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is objectively a worse way to, uh, to pilot the, the airship and run a chocobo in Final Fantasy VI, but like it, it, it does lend a, a, a weird unearned sense of grandiosity to it. Yeah. It, it's know? stunty in a way that like is pure novelty. Yes. You know, in a way that I, that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ilya says via contact, having basically never played a JRPG before, I picked up Chrono Trigger after hearing you guys were covering it for the show and ambiently being aware of its reputation as one of the best RPGs of all time. Although isn't it isn't as mechanically or thematically complex and rewarding as some of the WRPGs I've grown up with, I still had a pretty good time with it. I was particularly surprised by how affecting it was. Although painted in broad strokes, many of the characters you can recruit in your party have backstories streaked with melancholy and regret. I'm thinking particularly of Marl and Luca's painful family experiences, Robo being rejected by his community, and Frog's lack of self-confidence. Resolving their inner conflicts require acts of kindness and encouragement that are very touching. I wasn't expecting that from what I took to be a more streamlined version of the RPGs I'm used to. Is this what makes Chrono Trigger stand out from its JRPG peers? Or are there other games in the genre that create a similar emotional impact with their cast of characters? I mean, we make the comparison a lot, but it's like right there. I think Final Fantasy VI um, reaches higher highs with these for like, more specific and starkly drawn more uh more uh i think uh more detailed kind of dramatic yes. story beats you know like just and it a, doesn't do it for all the characters right like chrono trigger has a very small cast mm-hmm. you know and that's kind of part of why it it you know it's a greater proportion yeah like i don't think there's anything in chrono trigger that is as good as the opening of the world of ruin yeah yeah like the implied year of Sela is like caring for for this you know her old man feeding mm-hmm. him poison fish on accident yeah like and then killing herself like i think that's about as you know for pathos in the 16-bit era i don't mm-hmm. think it gets better than that right uh whereas like when robo was getting rejected by his robot things i was laughing <laughs> like it is it's a little too cartoony and silly for me to have that real yeah. mm-hmm. weight to it yeah um yeah, like so, six is a is is a weird case because like the early bits of it feel very, I don't know they 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 feel pretty stock standard. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. uh, you know the 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 brothers, you know one of which is a reluctant king. Like the the, the fact that it all came down to uh, to a coin flip. You have uh, mm-hmm. cells and Terra and, and them you know trying to reconcile being used as uh, as uh, weapons of war by the. Uh, by, by the empire but like when you get into the world of ruin it's not just uh cells and sid and all of that like 
a lot of the characters end up needing to like redefine their purpose in the world as the world changed mm-hmm. out from under them. So like Locke's story, um, you know, of like trying to, you know, reconcile what happened to, I think, what was it his wife who died in the past? Uh, it was his girlfriend. Yeah, it was his girlfriend. Like T- Tara becoming the the uh, you know the mother for I the love that so yeah. Much. yeah like, like just, that's, that's such a good little like even the the basic version the before the world of ruin stuff you described is more complicated and rich in detail. Yeah, yeah. than the stuff in Chrono Trigger to me. Mm-hmm. Like two brothers who both didn't want to be king, they decided on a coin flip, and one is like running away from responsibility, and the other one is like having to lean into it. Mm-hmm. Is more complicated yeah. than, and I'll, you know, I'll take frog, my favorite NPC in Chrono mm-hmm. trigger. So just to show you, like, I'm not, I'm picking my favorite. Like I love frog mm-hmm. and frog's very cool, but he just lacks self-confidence. He yeah. lacked it. Then he got turned into a frog because of it. And then he gets it back because you get him a badge and a sword. Yes. Um, like that is, that has like a very, like a huge amount of simplicity to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that they, uh, if you're looking for that kind of pathos, like it's certainly available. It is. Like you, yeah. you can, yeah. Uh, to, to answer the question, I just think that it's available in a more crunchy, like complicated way mm-hmm. than this. You know, while still being like melodrama, like it's easier for yeah. Final Fantasy because that's the voice that they that they've honed. You know. Yeah. 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 It is. Uh, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Zane writes via contact saying, when I introduced, yeah, hold, Pro- hold up real quick. Okay. Did you know that, uh, that, uh, Jay Tholon is making a Zane shooter? He is. I have, I have oh. seen, uh, I have seen a few, uh, a few screenshots of that. Yeah. God, I love that. <laughs> Zane rocks. <laughs> like, that's such a good idea. I'm so happy about that. Yep. Um, anywho. Yeah, That's no, so cool. I've, I've been following. Uh, I mean, uh, Jay is a uh, is a pro Twitter follow in general, but uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, good, good <laughs> stuff. Man, Hypnospace Outlaw rules. Um, God, that yeah, that game is incredibly good. <laughs> um, anyway, not the Zane from Hypnospace Outlaw, but Zane, the person who writes into our show from time to time, uh, says via contact. Mm-hmm. When I introduced Chrono Trigger to my wife as an adult, it made me look at it with new eyes to accompany my caked in memories. And as she waited to see the results of Chrono's trial, I realized just how much this game lies to you. The majority of the game is linear, but it never seems that way the first time through. The, the way that it yanks you through time with last-minute rescues and twists. Uh, the bosses feel tough, but really, they're just long, with plenty of downtime to heal. Uh, you feel heroic, but your actions don't have much consequence. You're jailed either way. Magus would be gone by 1000 AD either way. Uh, the future refuses to change. The game hides how closely it cleaves to the generic JRPG formula, right up until it murders it. Chrono dies, and the game breaks wide open. Your quests have actual effects on the world, and you can pursue them in any order. You need to prepare for bosses to specialize character roles. Uh, And in a final deconstruction of how the genre operated up to that point, you can keep playing after you win. In New New Game Plus, you can breeze through the linear bits uh, and get an array of endings based on when you fight Lavos. I think this combination of linearity and openness is one reason the game found such wide appeal. Um, The use of gameplay elements uh, to reinforce this narrative structure uh, is one reason it is still so highly regarded. Lavos screech noise. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't, I'm not certain exactly like what gameplay elements. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, other than like the linearity and the first, yeah, uh, first kind of part of it, mm-hmm. it's it's weird. I other than killing Chrono, I don't 
like the the open-ended quest part of it after that part i think is lame i think you're just like you just get a list of things the guy tells you you can go do Mm -hmm. if you want to get more power for the emboss yeah you know and and i don't i don't it's hard for me to think of that as, as brilliant like i was looking at um somebody on the slack posted an article like a reverse design article on chrono trigger mm-hmm. and it it's uh it's kind of interesting i was like poking at it and it just ends up coming to conclusions i don't have like it will say something that chrono trigger does mm-hmm. and it will just be like that's the genius of chrono trigger and i'm like i don't like you're not connecting those two dots mm-hmm. like you've proven that this is intentional yeah but you're not telling me what that does to achieve this effect yeah you know yeah. or how it how that does it yeah b, b, b does not necessarily follow a in the way that it's laid out yeah yeah, yeah. and that, that's what this this kind of feels like like mm-hmm. the idea that it's linear but pretends not to be linear like that's the genre yeah, yeah. you know that that's what what jrpgs do um and then the idea that uh you know again the fact that they murder chrono incredibly cool Mm-hmm. Like I actually really, really love that. Um, you know, murdering a character was not new at that point, mm-hmm. but murdering your main character is. Yeah. Um, but then after that, like being able to do those side quests, eh, yeah, you know, yeah. Just did not did not feel very particularly cool to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I would you know defer back to the episode where we talked about the specific reasons why the the side quest stuff didn't land for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, other, you know, thank you for writing in, not just trying to shoot down. Shoot no, down no, thing. Just... I just, it's, it's interesting the way that like things that, uh, are pluses to people, like the fact that it's actually nonlinear or actually mm-hmm. extremely linear, even though it teases towards nonlinearity, mm-hmm. uh, can be seen as a virtue when, you know, it can also be seen as like a pretty big detriment. Yeah. You know, uh, it didn't feel like a clever trick to me. Yeah. Um, Allison says via contact, the year is 1995, only 13 years old and having just finished my first JRPG, Final Fantasy VI, I soon found myself following the magazine coverage for Square's upcoming title, Chrono Trigger. I cannot remember ever anticipating a game release quite that much. Finally, the time came when I was able to rent the game from my local video store and I was blown away. The graphics were, and still are, a perfect example of beautiful 16-bit pixel art. The music was, and still is, the best game soundtrack I'd ever heard. The gameplay, while admittedly simple, was just right for 13-year-old me. As far as the story goes, I've always been a sucker for time travel stories and was absolutely on board for every twist and turn that this one offered. I ended up renting the game several times, and eventually when my video store closed down, I bought the only copy of the game I'd ever played for $5. What a steal. Mm. Needless to say, it's incredibly hard for me to separate Chrono Trigger from the intense nostalgia I feel for it. While it might not objectively belong on a list of the greatest games of all time, I absolutely consider it one of my favorite gaming experiences, and that will never change. On a side note, I always loved Flea. I had no idea exactly what was supposed to be going on with them, but I can say as a young person experiencing extreme gender feels at the time, I felt totally seen. Also, please look up the Chrono Trigger mixtape. Absolutely incredible stuff. I did. I was unaware of the Chrono Trigger mixtape until Allison brought my attention to it. It's actually really good. Uh, it is. What, what is it? So uh, it is somebody who uh, uh, remixed, um, basically m- mashed up Chrono Trigger music with hip hop. Uh, okay. So uh, like I need to take a look, but it's uh, it's wild uh what they what they end up doing like just like here's you know 50 cent plus uh plus the overworld theme um and it actually like it works musically um all of this it's uh, like 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 45 minutes i kind of like jumped around in it you can just do a search it's on youtube uh and Mm -hmm. yeah it works when you do not expect that it should work 
No, I, I, that, that sounds absolutely miserable to me and there's no judgment. Yeah. That's like, like the idea of just mixing a bunch of video game music with hip hop sounds horrible to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't do it. Yeah. So I, I, I would never take it away from anybody, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, big, big, I'm good mm-hmm. uh, on that one. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've hit something here. Just like, you know, the, the distinction between like maybe not greatest of all time, but favorite, like it's important to remember that there is a difference of that greatest of all time always changes. Whereas, you mm-hmm. know, favorite as a part of your story and the way that you can, you know, consumed it, you know, like yeah. there's better stuff that's released after Chrono Trigger that has, you know, changed and recontextualizes it. There's supposed to be churn, uh, you know, up there at the top, at the top of that list. Um, but yeah. uh, for each individual person, it makes perfect sense why it would loom large for anybody who experienced it at the right time, again, which is between the ages of 12 and 15. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is like one of the things that doing the show has taught me is that favorite will also change for me. Yes. Yeah. You know, other people like I'm there's, this is not a qualitative thing. There's no bragging at all in this. For me, it is important for something to stand up like I want to enjoy it on new levels when I revisit it. I don't mm-hmm. want to just feel like you know, warm, fuzzy blanket. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. Like my favorite things we've done for the show are things I liked. And then when I played them again for the show, they were better. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, that's the feeling I'm chasing. Yeah. I don't want it to be a thing where I play it again. And like there are, I'm noticing things that I don't like now that I didn't mind then. Mm-hmm. That's a really bad feeling to me. But yeah. like every time I've revisited resident evil four, for example, like I've been mm-hmm. like, Oh, this slaps. And uh, I'm appreciating it on a level that was different than when I played it when I was younger. Yeah. It's appreciated in value. Yeah. Like that, that is, that is what I want out of things that are my favorite. I want it to be my favorite now and my favorite then not just one or the other, you know? So, but that, again, that's totally personal. Like it's not like, I'm not making any kind of qualitative thing. Like it is, it is fine. You know, your, your favorite is totally personal. Yeah. And the way that you come across that is all good. Mm-hmm. Kind of no matter what. Yeah. Um, finishing out here with Ian on the Chrono Trigger stuff. Um, Ian says, although Chrono Trigger didn't hold up as much as I thought it would uh, in a, a recent playthrough, uh, will always be the game responsible for my favorite Christmas memory growing up. Uh, after totally being drawn into RPGs by Final Fantasy VI, my hype for Chrono Trigger was off the charts. Uh, and held the number one spot on my 1995 Christmas wish list. So when the big day came and my mom pulled out a box much too large to be a video game, I was a little disappointed, but curious to see what was inside. After tearing open the gift, what stood in front of me was not the best RPG of all time, but the but Hero Quest, the board game, a gift I had received years ago. However, not wanting <laughs> to be ungrateful for the gift, I thank my mom for it, and I kindly explained to her that I already had the game, but it was still a fun game that I liked to play. Uh, at the disappointment of a ruined, <laughs> as the disappointment of a ruined Christmas rose in my mind, my mom quietly suggested that maybe we could open it up and see if there was anything new in the latest version. Okay, sure, Mom. As I pulled off the lid, sitting square in the box was a sealed copy of Chrono Trigger, and I lost my goddamn mind. Pulling Chrono Trigger out of the board game, I ripped off the packaging and ran over to my Super Nintendo, uh, where I proceeded to spend the next three days glued to my console until I beat it. A Christmas miracle I'll never forget. 
having replayed the game recently, I felt like its biggest issue was with how little the time travel mattered to the story. Other than the amazing courtroom scene, uh, the time travel was nothing more than window dressing. Go to the Middle Ages to pick up the Frog Knight. Go to the future to pick up the robot. Very little is done to connect your actions um, in one period to the consequences in another. Uh, the time travel is there mainly to tell the story of Lavos. All in all, not the best RPG of all time, but still the first place I'd send anyone interested in getting into the genre. Oh, that, is, that is super cute. Gifting a gift inside a gift. Mm-hmm. Next level. Yeah, uh, it's 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 very cute. You you did the right thing by not you know saying you, you stupid. Why? How could you, <laughs> <Yeah>. Mom? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> get another one i'm not sharing with caitlin uh yeah <laughs> but but uh but uh, uh also man i've got so much trauma associated with uh being dicked around on gifts and stuff like yeah, that yeah your parents used to to do psyops on you <laughs> i did yeah, yeah. Weird. no and uh uh fortunately i have uh turned out to be incredibly well balanced uh as an adult yeah. so so th- things are looking up for you, Ian. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder what that, like, I would love to get a, like an informal survey of people who played Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. first and then played Day of the Tentacle and vice versa and see if that priming for the effect of time travel does anything. Huh. Yeah. Because I because they're both games ostensibly about time travel, but only one of them is really about time travel. Yeah. Like, and it's, and it's mechanics yeah that actually uses you know? it as like a lot you know as a precise logic um yeah you know with uh to to, to explore causality yeah yeah curious yeah um thanks everybody before mm-hmm. we get into paradise killer uh responses we're gonna you know announce september's remind you of september's games and announce october's mm-hmm. uh that's because paradise killer is new and has spoilers so if you want to hear those or don't want to hear those uh beware mm-hmm. um if you have anything to say about September's games, write in by September 15th. Those games are Katana Zero, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Singularity, and Darkest Dungeon. Yeah. Darkest Dungeon being the premium episode. Yes. Um, and October's games uh, for Spooktober, we have some stuff that I'm really excited about. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, the first game is a game called Echo. I had not heard of this, but um, this is a uh, kind of sci-fi stealth uh, horror game uh, made by a developer called Ultra Ultra. Uh, The idea of this being that uh, your enemies start out being unable to do anything um, and everything that they're able to do to you, they only do because they see you do it. Yes, Uh, that's the only thing I know about it, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that is enough. That is a real cool concept. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, is a, a patron demand, so I, I don't have the name right here, but we'll thank them mm-hmm. then. Uh, I'm very thankful to the patron for bringing that to my attention. Yeah. That is a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, it's been a minute since we've done something neither of us have played. Yes. On the show. That's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. You haven't played Singularity, right? No, I have not. Or Katana Zero. Oh, I right? mean, I've, I've played Katana Zero at this point, but I never played it before. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's kind of nice. It's it's fun to play stuff neither of us have done. Yeah. Um, after that, another uh, patron request. We're doing Silent Hill 1. Fuck yeah! I love this game yeah. so goddamn much, and I'm very excited to play it. Again, it's been Silent way 1. too long. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, I played dime. it uh, for the first time all the way through before we did Silent Hill 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was good then. 
Yeah. It was a good ass game. I it played is, it a lot when it came out, but I never beat it. Yeah. So. It's, it's still, it's still just one of the scariest games of all time. I love it. Super so, good. Mm. Yeah. It's no Silent Hill 2, but very few things are. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, but very, very good game. Mm-hmm. And then previous, we also already spoiled this, but Resident Evil 8, yes. aka Resident Evil Village, is going to be our premium for that. Yep. That month. Yeah. So the way premium yeah. episodes work is everybody gets the generalities, uh, but the uh, um, the full episode goes to our patrons. So go to patreon.com slash duckvtv to, uh, to get access to not just uh, Resident Evil, not just Darkest Dungeon, but all of our previous um, premium episodes. Yeah. Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Just it. Um, yeah. We're now, uh, now is your last chance to pop off. Uh, I'll get us started here with uh, Paradise Killer. Uh, Mateus says via contact, I'm ashamed to admit that it took me about halfway through the game until I thought to myself, wait a minute, am I playing a visual novel? I agree with a lot of the complaints that Gary had. However, I still enjoyed my experience. The general vibe, cool music, colors, and a bunch of characters named after forgotten Billboard 100 top songs of 1989 <laughs> completely sucked me in. Yet despite my general enjoyment, I cannot honestly recommend this game to anybody, and I'll never mention it when talking to my friends about what did we play uh, as of late. It would be too much to unpack. On that note, do you guys have something, a game or other work of art, that you personally enjoy but cannot recommend it with a clear conscience? Um, the perennial example for that is pathologic, um, but uh, also like I don't know. I like the uh, the zero time, uh, the zero escape series, but like I don't know. I'm not going to hit somebody with that. Say like hey, it's a must play. You know, I, yeah. I think that, that that's something they would have to like find their way into one of the antecedents, um, uh, kind of naturally, and say, oh, if you like this, check 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 this out on this particular yeah. forum. Same thing with like Danganronpa, anything else that's kind of in this. Uh, in this uh, in this space you know yeah japanese adventure games that deal with courts and <laughs> wiki- wikis um the i feel like this with a lot of horror movies you know like i i adore hereditary but like that's a queasy watch mm-hmm. you know like yeah. not just and like or even non-horror things like you know i, I talk about all the time um one of my favorite like mini series of movies is chernobyl uh it's so gut-wrenching and just horrible mm-hmm. you know and there are parallels yep. with everything going on now mm-hmm. like you have to be in a pretty good mind spate stace uh stace or spate are the mm-hmm. two things i said trying to do space and state mm-hmm. uh, a mind space or mind state mm-hmm. to uh to kind of weather that yeah no it is harrowing yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. but i like harrowing so mm-hmm. not everybody likes harrowing so generally harrowing media um eric writes via context saying paradise killer had me solving twin mysteries the one in game and the one in which i cracked the case of why is this so good to me because this is an annoying annoying product it's mosquito infested every cool and fun moment happens while you're also slapping off little blood suckers um i love calling something mosquito infested i'm gonna steal the hell out of that that is really really good good. (laughs) Continuing. Surprisingly, considering how uh, different their storytelling approaches are, it reminded me a lot of Outer Wilds. I also like that game, but when people talk about um, either title, their enthusiasm seems to wallpaper over the many frustrating elements. So here's the conclusion that I came to. It's not because of the intriguing way the story unfolded, the vaporwave influence aesthetic, the city pop soundtrack, or my soft spot for the earnestly Tumblr-ass character designs, um, though I do enjoy all of those things. The real reason is simple. 
I'm a pervert who likes first-person platforming. All that other stuff is just trappings for me to double jump, air dash, and fall hundreds of feet without worrying about a lick of fall damage. Somehow, I've become so deranged <laughs> that the jump physics here actually feel good to me. So lock me up, throw away the key, give me $5 so I can buy a Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Maybe this sicko will be the first person to ever like that game. This is a good response. <laughs> this is a good response. I, I liked Mirror's Edge. Oh, like I, I like first person mirror, mirror's edge catalyst specifically. Oh, I don't, I don't know that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, you know, it's not the first person platforming I think is inherently always bad. Mm-hmm. Like that, that game did good stuff with it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but yeah, that, that ends up making sense. And I am also going to steal a uh, mosquito infested. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and um, you know, the previous one and then this pattern too, like, I think it's, it, it's nice that like, uh, the the state of the discussion around this has just kind of come down to like oh yeah the circles don't overlap the the, the reasons that i like this are you know the, the reasons that you hate it and vice versa and we just have yeah. to be fine with that <laughs> yeah i, I don't I'm, I'm never trying to convince anybody just yeah. you know again what who am i and where do i get off well I, a person who has a podcast and you can be that as well yeah if you want mm-hmm. it, you know um alex says via contact Long time, first time here. Before I start with my response on the game, I just wanted to say this has to be one of the best episodes that you guys have done, especially with the conversation about Doom Jazz. I will now be using this as the episode I show friends going forward to weed out the real ones, because I don't actually recommend anyone play this game in a post-2020 world, and your commentary was stellar. I thought Paradise Killer was tight as hell before it came Iitis hell. Uh, I thought the exploration was fun. I think it's because I'm more musically motivated than I once thought. However, I didn't find a foot bath for about three hours. I was playing it the day it came out. Uh, and it pissed me off so much that I ended up just tapping through nearly all of the dialogue and then was really pretty disappointed when I got to the trial and realized that I didn't really miss anything since you're just given everything on a silver platter. However, I still ended up collecting most, if not all, of the Gamer Treat blood crystals, and I might even do it again in like five years because that world is so pretty. I ain't ashamed of who I am. Nor should you be. Nor should you be. Yeah. No. Uh, thank you for the compliments um, on the episode. I have been happy with the response that it has gotten. Yeah, good. I, I also think so. Good episode. Yeah. Um, I, oh. I don't have anything anything else to add on that. Um, everybody, if you are going to venture into that, look up a list of the footpaths. For God's sakes, three three hours is way too much time to spend without double jump. Foot footpaths <laughs> and all of the cipher. Yes. Things. Just yeah. do all the collectible things first, and then play the game. Yes, I think. Yeah. Um, Andrew writes via contact saying to me, the biggest problem with paradise killer was it immediately frequently and explicitly presented its theme of truth versus fact, but in the end it did almost nothing with that distinction. I admired how throughout the game I'd confront characters with damning evidence against them. And even when the denials were laughably implausible, they kept insisting, Nope, that wasn't me. I thought the game would continue to lean into that uncertainty, so I was in disbelief after each trial when the accused party confessed to their crimes and enthusiastically identified their accomplices. Uh, it would have been so much better uh, if before executing my best friend, she continued to insist on her innocence. Uh, if that happened, maybe I would have spent more time contemplating later whether I made the right choice and how certain I should have been about my judgment uh, to mete out that punishment. On the bright side, Paradise Killer made me appreciate the best trials from games like Danganronpa and Phoenix Wright even more. One of my favorite feelings in Danganronpa is finding an inscrutable piece of evidence and suddenly text pops up uh, saying that the trial is starting. 
and I think, holy shit, I don't know anything yet. Then throughout the course of the proceedings, the truth, or are they the facts, are revealed, and the evidence is recontextualized to allow the player to come to a conclusion that wasn't possible at the beginning. Prior to the Paradise Killer trial, I had a pretty good grasp of who was guilty of what, so I assumed the twist uh, would be the choices presented within the trial. Uh, Would I be able to shoot the judge? Could I cancel the next Paradise? No, I can't. Technically, I could have accused the wrong people of the wrong crimes, but most of the culprits were assholes or already dead, so those didn't feel like satisfying choices either, with the possible exception of being uh, being whether to implicate Lydia and Sam. Uh, I thought about that for a minute or two. Then I remembered how many blood crystals they charged. <laughs> they charged me for <laughs> rides and drinks, and I shot them. Uh, that said, I enjoyed my time with the game at an 8 out of 10. The uh, one of the things is you don't even have the uh, the freedom to accuse people. No, the, the judge will override it. Yeah, yeah, the judge will override it to uh, the obvious choice, Henry. Yeah, to uh, to Henry uh, in like nine times out of ten. So so it doesn't even have that. Like yeah, yeah it is the, the trial of that game is one of my least satisfying gaming moments in like the last many years. Actually, no, yeah. like I hated that mm-hmm. so much, uh, and it, it's it's so again. Like, I mean, just, just to echo it, like, God, is it constantly saying like truth is not fact is something that pops up as a bark when you transition screens mm-hmm. and stuff. it's baked into the game, but just yeah. has nothing to do with the story or themes. Here, here's a little hint. Game. Do not remind me that of that. Don't do not remind me of that cool and true idea. If you're not going to support it with anything other than the reminder, um, in the, on uh, the bark, it's, it's like, I was, I was looking at it to see what things I had missed and it is literally just, I don't know if murder kid or demon, if demon killed a few people before he got killed. Yeah. Yeah. That is the literal only ambiguity in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just wild. Yeah. To me, uh, false, false bill of goods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Fen uh, says via contact. I intended, uh, the intended audience for this is a completionist who will want to get everything on the island. This line from Gary, I think, sums up the majority of the divide between his poor experience with the game and my Hall of Fame entry experience. It comes in many forms, but ultimately I enjoy collecting and completing tasks and finish the game at 100% completion. Finding a blood crystal suffice as a token of recognition and a checkbox to mark an area as explored. Getting them for puzzles or ghost tasks was underwhelming, but I found intrinsic joy in helping the ghost or solving the puzzle. I don't think Gary would have enjoyed my preferred reward any better, which would have been more relics or player character backgrounds, uh, or PC backgrounds, rather, uh, laptop backgrounds. I do unequivocally agree that fast travel shouldn't have cost anything, though. There are a lot of things uh, brought up that I wanted to jump into and defend, but you made it clear that you understood it was down to personal taste. So instead, I just wanted to affirm that aside from a handful of decisions, myself and many others weren't just unbothered by a lot of these things, but actively enjoyed them and seek them out in other games, too. Perhaps Paradise Killer could have been a book, but if it were, I wouldn't have read it. Instead, it was in the format that I was able to engage with it in. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I did not want Paradise Killer necessarily to be a book. I feel like it was not different enough from a book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just to to clarify, it's not, uh, I want Night in the Woods to be a book. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paradise Killer, I think, is fine as it is, but I think it plays like a book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is why I didn't like, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, there are definitely like people who love exploring and collecting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Nervous writes in, uh, saying, I wasn't sure what to make of Paradise Killer the first time that I played it. There are numerous obvious allusions to Danganronpa and Suda51's Kill the Past series, cheekily commodified in-game as Kill the Thirst Beer. Um, and the soundtrack veers dangerously close to some famous city pop singles. Uh, was this just a hodgepodge of what the developers like? After I spent enough time with it, I realized these borrowings were the point. Paradise Killer is perhaps the first deliberate attempt at a hauntological adventure game, and it succeeds with aplomb. Sequence 24, with its Japanese public housing blocks, beachfront terraces, and architectural monuments to narcissism, is a collection of what Mark Fisher would call non-places. Places which resemble um, one another more than they resemble the particular spaces in which they are located, and whose ominous proliferation is the most visible sign of the implacable spread of capitalist globalization. Uh, Vaporwave maintains a unique duality of simultaneously being a celebration of a mythical yuppie 80s and a stark critique of capitalism's continued failures. No other aesthetic would suit Paradise Killer's bleak setting. Perfect 25 is a setup to uh, be a fiction within the game's own fiction. The syndicate gaze foolishly to a past that never existed, believing they're looking to a bright future. Paradise's late capitalism summer vacation uh, has failed 24 times, and with Perfect 25, it's set to continue brutally and unabated. Uh, always somebody else's fault, no lessons learned, the self-absorbed death drive of the syndicate will march on. Thanks to both of you for all your hard work, and shout out to Gary for powering through what I suspect is kryptonite to him. Thank you. I hate it. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Nauseated. Uh, <laughs> I, I also agree that what they chose uh was uh was uh you know intentional i, th- I think that uh those those elements were brought in you know a, a to, to to achieve an effect similar to what you laid out but also i think that they you know they knew to go to those because they like they like those aesthetics and um yeah. you know you know know enough about them to to appropriate them that's all and, and agree like i think that is all cool kind of thematic bedrock i don't think the story of the game and the mystery is really about that that's a, yeah, that's a you know, problem I wish, yeah yeah I, w- I wish they the two connected mm-hmm. like significantly better yeah you know um one thing that i wanted to mention uh about uh about that game that i i was thinking about mm-hmm. since then because you know for all of its problems like i did was thinking about it afterwards mm-hmm. is that uh you know if the idea that it is a critique of capitalism pops up a lot yeah, you know, and one of the things is like, oh, you have all these beautiful immortal gods doing immortal thing, you know, doing immoral things, mm-hmm. and the sacrifice of millions. And I was like, okay, like that's fine. Yeah, but like your characters of you know who are these monsters are like Uber drivers and bartenders. Yeah, and yeah. secretaries. Like, is the idea that your Uber drivers, bartenders, and secretaries? Uh, end up benefiting from you know slave labor yeah because that's not like is that really who you want to take aim at yeah <laughs> like, you know, that sucks, right like i like i don't understand how that really fits into yeah i like a grander kind of capitalist critique of this you know i i, I think i think that it is it, it is called a uh uh like let's say a critique of capitalism uh, because that's kind of the, the, the language that is the, you know, that, that, that is out there and people just kind of like, intri- you know, intrinsically know what you mean. If you, if, if you say that, I think that more precisely it is, it, it is more 
attempting to instill a discomfort and maybe draw attention to the fact, you know, exploitation more so than anything. And exploitation can happen under any number of, you know, forms of economic uh, systems, like, uh, you know, a a lot in capitalism, but also, you know, there's colonialism and slavery and all those kind of things, you know, that, that that are brought that are brought in here. So I think that, uh, you, you know, that label is, is, is a little bit imprecise, which also, you know, you know, is appropriate because I think the game is a little bit impre- imprecise with how it how it deploys that. Uh, that, like, that, that, that kind that's of really what I'm getting at is like yeah. that Im- imprecision. Yeah. Like I I think that what was making me think about that is I was in the episode or I was just making fun of the idea that you you do all these war crimes to become a secretary. Yeah. Like shirtless priest McGee shitbag mm-hmm. uh, did you know did all this horrible stuff and he's a secretary and I was yeah. like making jokes about that mm-hmm. and I think somebody in the Slack was like oh that's very intentional. And then I was thinking about it and it's like, if that's intentional, that's worse. Mm, yeah. You know, like it's it just like, why, if, if the idea is during our regular just society, like why is this focused on the people with regular shitty mm-hmm. jobs yeah. benefiting from this? You know, I, you I, know, I, I understand that the council all got murdered, yeah. but they didn't get murdered for, you know, they got murdered by the Uber drivers yeah. who are portrayed as shits instead mm-hmm. of heroes. Yeah. For taking out these people. Like there's no, there's nobody good in that game. It ends up being kind of like nihilistic and conservative in a weird way. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, if, if it's doing anything and you know, who knows how much rounding I'm doing in this, the fact that there are, you know, Uber drivers and secretaries and stuff in this, you know, is it, you know, is saying that no matter how utopian the design, you know, the idea of like, we're going to literally call this paradise and not concern ourselves at all with the people who make it possible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even with that perfect thing, you, you know, the wrong people who are doing things for, you know, wrong reasons will still replicate a hierarchy um, and impose it and, and impose it upon themselves. So that is the hell that they have, you know, cr- created for themselves because of their drive for power where, you know, with, with, with yeah. within it, you know, and that, that goes along with, you know, the fact that, again, you know, they're, they're, these are these gods who are, you know, self-selected off into this into this little hell um to make each other miserable on top of all this suffering that is happening um you know alongside it but again it's not necessarily connected to a lot of stuff other than just the general story anything real world yes i think you know and and i there are there's a lot of mapping onto the real world yeah that happens like when people talk about this game Mm -hmm. in, in a way that i think only works if you're picking and choosing yeah you know, specific elements and ignoring large swaths of it mm-hmm. because I don't think it's very well written. Um, <laughs> anyhow, I yeah. that, that's, that's just me. Yeah. Um, is this last one me? Uh, yes. Uh, closing us out. Maxwell says Viva contact. Although later events lowered my opinion of paradise killer. It was one of my early favorites of 2020. I'm not well versed in detective games or visual novels. So it's competence in these genres was not what sold me. It was the pure vibes. My experience with the detective aspects was much improved by barely using the starlight at all. I didn't even realize the starlight organized uh, the evidence and did most of the detective work uh, in, I until just before the trial and did most of the detective work until just before the trial. So the investigation felt much more active and engaging to me. Listening to your thoughts did tarnish paradise killer for me somewhat. I agree with most of the thematic and game design critiques that you had. That said, I don't think the game is asking players to engage with it very seriously. If anything, I felt the investigation was just an impetus for fun, but not aimless, exploration of an aesthetically interesting world. 
Nevertheless, hearing you discuss how sloppily various aspects of the gameplay messed with the story made me second-guess how enjoyable the hours of sometimes fruitless traversal really were. What really did Paradise Killer in was a similar 2020 game that engaged with its themes more confidently and competently, Umarengi Generation. Like Paradise Killer, Umarengi had cool vibes and a great, though much grittier, OST. Unlike Paradise Killer, its provocative themes carried weight, and the photography mechanic better melded gameplay to the narrative. Umarengi Generation walked the walk that Paradise Killer merely talked, and ultimately displaced it as my favorite of 2020. That said, I still recommend Paradise Killer to the aesthetic and that's spelled out the way you spell aesthetic, aesthetically oriented uh, people as a fun and frivolous romp. And I was glad to hear your perspectives on it. Yeah, I picked up Boomerangi Generation when it came out on the Switch. I, I, I'm a little ways into it. That's real cool. That may be, uh, that may be a, um, uh, a vanity pick at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I will trust you. Yeah, it's also short, yeah. <laughs> which helps. It's like a, it's like a five or six hour game as opposed to, you know, the 18 hour game yeah, the, that this is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The idea of, of not taking Paradise Killer seriously is really interesting because it's not a perspective I see very often mm-hmm. from it. Like people, I think people think the game is funny and, and everything, but and they do relax to it. Mm-hmm. But usually when people analyze it, they are uh, analyzing it in terms of you know, a capitalist critique or real world parallels or things like that. Like, yeah. I don't think I've seen anyone straight come up and say like, Oh, you're just not supposed to take it that seriously. Yeah. That's like, that's an interesting perspective. Like I haven't really considered. It lines up, you know, we talk about like, Oh, you know, don't, don't think about the names or the costume designs too much. Like that is just the, it, it's meant to be, it's just meant to be cool, you know, to, yeah. to, 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 to lean into something that I think, you know, doesn't spend as much for us, you know, but does spend, but does spend well for other people. Um, and I think that i like, while that is not enough for me, I also mm-hmm. like, I, 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 I respect somebody who is able to say just like, oh yeah, no, just don't, don't take it seriously. This is frivolous. You know, that's, that's fine to me. Yeah. I, I, I'm sad that me talking about it made you like it less. Like that wasn't my, my goal. Yeah. You know, I just wasn't having fun. I wanted to explain why I was having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, you know, in general, it's never going to be a very good currency to me in a, like, I, I like to actively appreciate, uh, like a game, mm-hmm. the idea like, Oh, just don't just kind of vibe with it and hang out in that space. Like a big alienation point in, playing that game for me was kind Mm -hmm. of realizing that like for a lot of people, that's, that's the thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like I just want to hang out in this space, listen to these music and walk around, Yeah, you know? And it's like, I get that. Like, I understand that it's extant, but I don't have any of those molecules in me. Yep. You know? So, yeah, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. Cause I just like now they'll, they'll do paradise killer two or whatever the prequel. And I'll just be like, yeah, I'm not going to touch that with like a 70 foot pole. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's okay. And other people can and enjoy it. I'm glad they will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Yeah. If, yeah, if you, uh, if you want to write in questions for the next time, that's on Patreon, keep an eye out for that in about a month. Mm -hmm. If you want to write in, it's duckfeed.tv slash contact. If you're writing in for multiple games, please do multiple responses. Please do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, ratings, reviews on Apple podcasts, podcast addict are very helpful. They are. And tell your friends, uh, and come back next week. Uh, Katana yeah. Zero is cool. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Um, yeah, this whole this whole next month is is fun and light. 
yeah. until Darkest Dungeon, which I have you down with me in the darkness. Yeah. Where I was born, like Bane. <laughs> and I'm going to just uh, like, you know, push everybody into no, you know, no antiquarians in the Crimson Court. Um, so, uh, good night. Yeah, so take care, everybody. Good night. <laughs>